All right, so should we get this thing rolling? We should. Rolling. Should just go ahead and press play on this like bad boy. Fred Durst style. Rolling, 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 rolling. What? Get together, have a few laughs. Masters of the universe. Are you are you keep on rolling? Are you gonna roll urban urban funk? What's the urban mix style? There's like two versions of roll. The air raid mix. Air raid. That's, how, that's how I'm rolling. <laughs> was that what it was? Air raid mix. I was actually playing the air raid mix in my car, thinking I was cool. Yes, you were. Oh, Jesus Christ. And you know what? You were cool. I knew, it. I knew it. <clears throat> I knew it. I knew it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cinemasters of the Universe. I am one of your hosts on the left. I'm over in I'm in your left ear if you're listening in, in, at home. And if you're watching on the YouTubes, I'm over on the left. I'm Ron Avis. If, and I'm one of your co-hosts and the other co-host in your right ear. To the north. To the north. It's Adam Peterson. He's the king of the north. The He's king, the king of the north in your the ear. The king of the north. He's Adam Brothers. Peterson, and we are Cinemasters, of course, we and welcome back. Yeah, feels thanks good to for, be back. Yeah, thanks for rejoining us. Uh, Adam, you, you, we've, you've been away for a little while. I have been away. You've been on that uh, uh, mission. I was on a mission. You were on a mission. I was on a mission from, from God. God. Yes, of course. Uh, thank you for, for saying that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we had the white machete fill in in a bonus episode. Yes. But uh, as fantastic as that was, it's just not quite the same, you know? I thought I was going to be replaced. I really <laughs> watched it and I was like, oh, <laughs> She shit. did great, didn't she? Fantastic. She's the best. Fan She's an honor. Fantastic. She's been sworn in. Yes. She's a, a, a certified member. She swore in on the stack of Marvel movies she and everything. She did a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, we, we hope to have her back yeah. soon Yes, in some way. I don't know exactly. We've been talking. Uh, I asked her if she wanted to leave a message for the listeners, the viewers, and she just said that, you know, like, hey, let everybody know that I had a good time. And I plan on being back. Good. So I don't know how we're going to make that happen, her being in a different area than we are. Uh, we only get her in special We're in occasions. quality assurance. We're she in- is in accounting. She's in accounting, and we, of course, are in quality assurance of the beaks and the feet, as we had established in the yes. previous bonus episode. Bonus. Uh, but this is the 18th episode, man, and we're coming up on a year. That I think this is fully legal. I th- we're fully legal. <laughs> we can head to the strip club now. Exactly. I was going to vote. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know where my head is at, where your head is purchase, at. Purchase cigarettes. We can also do that. You could purchase cigarettes and vote. And Fireworks. I, I can fill dim titties. There you go. Dim titties. That's <laughs> this. This is it right here. This is the air raid. Oh, Limp Biscuit air raid. It's nice. the Roland air raid vehicle. What? It's, it's explicit. I just threw in a little John there for no reason whatsoever. You can throw in a little John anytime you want. Oh wait, it's been a long time. Oh, it's been too long. It's been a reunion episode. Where have you been? It's been months and months since we've been able to have Babe Wait No. You guys, the bathroom here is nuts. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, I actually, I I went ahead and published officially one of those episodes on the YouTube page. uh, YouTube.com slash BitGeek, in case you didn't know. And uh, you can check us out there. But uh, I I went ahead and officially published one of those. It was the one, uh, The Godfather. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, 
No, wait, no, no, no. Was it, or was it Jurassic Park? I don't even remember. I've got a Godfather one. Maybe I'll publish that one next. But I didn't have anything to publish that week. So I was like, why not? Why not share? Yeah. The bathroom here is nuts. The bathroom here is nuts. And I hashtagged it and uh it didn't it didn't trend. I'm so shocked. Damn kids. I, I even I even like uh added Bill Hader, hoping that he would maybe possibly get behind us. <laughs> you know, I, he will eventually. It's just I a know. matter of time. It's just a matter of time. I've got like six or seven that I could I can release slowly yeah. over time. Slowly. Oh, they're so wonderful. The bathroom mirrors. <laughs> the bathroom mirrors is nuts. <laughs> Sweet Bill Hader. Well, he's too busy for us now because he's possibly going to be star. nominated for Academy Awards and he's whatnot. A super duper star. I, I saw that Warner Brothers was going to go ahead and spend the money. Oh, are they? Yeah, they're they're trying to uh, get behind Bill Hader, and they're going to get behind uh, Joker, uh, probably for like, you know, best film or something, best best actor, obviously for Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. We saw the Joker. We reviewed it. Check us out yes, on the YouTube side, and then also on the on the audio feeds. We you can listen to our opinions, watch our opinions, live by our opinions, live by our opinions, dude. I I was just. Uh, you know, browsing uh, Reddit page that our Reddit community that I follow for just box office type stuff, and it's it's over nine hundred million worldwide. <laughs> That's pretty impressive for an R-rated Joker one-off movie. It's insane. It's past Deadpool. It has. It, it's it's. But that's okay. It's all right. It's not a contest. And we've got Deadpool three in the works. Deadpool three is coming. Hopefully, it's Disney official. won't fuck it up. Uh, I think and try to make it PG thirteen. No, it's going to be R. I don't know, man. That's it's what they'll say a, right up until the, that moment. They, right up until that moment when they're like, you know, we could probably get an extra fifty mil if we just make this PG thirteen. They would, they would, they would lose the fan base. I know that, and you know that. But the mouse, you try telling the mouse that. Oh, I'll tell the mouse that. You let the mouse know not to fuck up our Deadpool. You know, I learned from Randy Marsh. All I need to do is <laughs> tell him we need a little integrity. Integrity. We need a little integrity. Farms. Oh my god! Deadpool three just needs a little integrity. Oh my god! Oh, what what season are we up to <clears> in South Twenty three. Wow, twenty three. I love the integrity farms. Integrity farms. <laughs> Randy Marsh is a is a is a national icon. He's a national He's icon. He's a hero. He's, He's a hero. Fantastic. I fell in love with Randy ever since like the one episode where he was getting drunk at like Stan's Little League games <laughs> and just picking fights with people like like peeling off his shirt. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So like the kids are like trying to uh, desperately to lose the games, but neither team wants to win, so they can continue. So they're just like playing their hardest. Yeah. But then like Randy's got his own separate competition going with like the parents. Oh, so good! I love that episode. Randy oh. Marsh is he's a he's a beacon of hope to all of us. I mean, there's Ernest P. Worrell and then there's Randy Marsh. Yeah. Those two guys, president and vice president. That's who I would vote for. I mean, one of them's dead. But the and the other one's a cartoon. Out. One of the other ones a cartoon. It's going to be a tough campaign. It's going to be, <laughs> but I think we've. <laughs> I mean, politicians, am I right? I, think I mean, they're all kind of politicians. It's a turd sandwich or a total douche. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is episode eighteen. Eighteen. As I'd mentioned before, this is tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never. If dies. you're paying attention to the to the 007. and I don't know if I'm going to edit that. If I edit out the one part where I said we skipped a James Bond movie. We didn't seventeen, man. We didn't even mention Goldeneye. Goldeneye it doesn't matter with us. My God, my God. That one featured Alan Cummings. Did it now? Yes, and um, oh, who? Uh, Famke Johnson, who played. Uh, but it was Pierce Brosnan's Pierce first, Brosnan's uh, first. Uh, forego for forte for 
Joe Don Baker. <laughs> Joe Don Baker was in that one. And of course, you can't forget the Nintendo 64 game. Oh, it was great. Oh, so good. One analog stick. That made that made the Nintendo 64 worth every penny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You had Mario for the longest time, nothing else. Then if you played game, no Gold other Knight. game but GoldenEye on that, still worth it. So uh, as far as GoldenEye, were you like pro-proximity mines or oh, like no, anti-proximity mines? Because um, <laughs> I was totally that guy that would just throw them everywhere. Didn't even matter. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm okay with that. It's a total douche. It's all right. Uh, it's a turd sandwich. It's a turd sandwich. So, you know, we got uh, what you haven't seen that. Do we yes. got, do we got, we got, we got. What? You haven't seen that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I knew I had the sound effect for that. Yes, you did. Uh, that was where we left off in our post credit symbol. That's going to be our uh, coming attractions for the first segment. Uh, then for the uh, main, for the feature presentation. Feature presentation. We're going to be talking about the, <clears throat> we're each going to rank our top 10 scariest spookiest creepiest scenes in in movies uh yes. in horror movies this this was you know we we were, were a few weeks behind we're sorry we you know whoops it was a busy busy week at the it factory was. you know it was. we had a lot of beaks and 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 feet to quality control we controlled that quality we 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 controlled the shit out of that oh my gosh <laughs> we were not a, we were not about to let that quality get out of so control so much quality it was under it control. It was totally under control. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to rank our top so, 10. And I'm looking forward to this because we've never done anything like that. No. You know, we talk about movies and such, but we've never like ranked a scene. A scene. And I have a feeling it's going to be fun and oh, I have yes. other ideas like that in mind. I like it. And then we're going to have, uh, for the third segment, for the post-credit scenes, we're going to be in uh, bringing back Who Played It Better. I like it. So I'll have a movie for you. You'll have a movie for me. And that's we'll start out with in episode 19 when things are getting real. Real. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so back to the top of the episode where we're going to talk about what, who you haven't seen that. Now I forgot. What was your episode? What was the movie you'd selected? The Strangers. Oh, that's with right. Scott Speedman. Liv, and, uh, Liv, Tyler? Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Now I haven't seen that actually. So this is going to be really interesting for a podcast. Like I'm just going to be like, wow, that was, that sounds crazy, man. Mm. Uh, I know that's, there's a certain scene that a lot of people uh, refer to as being kind of crazy. Uh, and it may be like a precursor to like the James Wan kind of stuff. There, I know they did a sequel to it. Um, oh, they did. Yeah, there was it came out a couple of years ago. The Strangers are back. The strange, yeah, Strangers something else. That was I don't think that's the exact title. <laughs> they didn't actually put a the Strangers it. something else happened. <laughs> I think. What a horrible colon. Uh, you want to get us started then, since we talked about <clears> the str- <throat> like I, I have Psycho too, but why don't you go ahead and get us rolling with the Strangers? Uh, the Strangers. Uh, it's a real uh, pretty straightforward uh, review. It's horse shit. Oh no! It, uh, I thought it was supposed to be pretty good. Uh, I I don't know if I don't. I mean, I watched a lot of horror movies. Yeah, in, in especially this time of year. Oh, oh man, like on the regular, you were sending me messages like, "Now I'm watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space." Yeah. Now I'm watching, you know, uh, Children of the Corn. Now I was like, yeah, like you were on a movies. schedule for work. All of those are better movies. All of those are better movies. And those are not good movies. I mean, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is pretty good movie. <laughs> I was gonna say those Children, are good movies are what they are. Children of the Corn, not a great movie. Better uh, than The Strangers. Yeah, I watched the first couple of minutes of the Children of the Corn, <clears> and uh, I did see the part where they ran over the kid and just yeah. tossed him on the trunk. You know, like, yeah. no big deal. You're like, hey, I'm going to put a blanket over him. And here, you stay in the car. I should go investigate the corn. <laughs> what? Or th- this crappy-ass town. Here, let's roll up the dead body, put it in the trunk. That won't be problematic. Oh, we're going to get lost in a cornfield in our car. What? 
Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't know. That deserves a lot. Yeah, exactly. I know. Exactly. Mr. John, Mr. Big Little John, Little Big John. Yeah, I uh, so I watched it and I was I was hoping that it would you know the the basic premise is these two people Scott Speedman and uh, Liv Tyler are in a house mm-hmm. and it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere um, and these three people just show up at their house and start terrorizing them yeah. and it's supposedly based on a true story. Oh no shit! And, I didn't know that. And I think I think that's uh, it, that's what it's kind of trying to build off of, like. You know, uh, the, uh, the I think the phones go out and the, they right. smash up the car so they can't leave. Um, well, anytime you have like you're you're secluded in a cabin in the woods, yeah. I mean, that's just like a recipe for horror. Like, why would anybody do that? Have you not seen any horror movies ever? Yeah, it's like there. I mean, there's just never. Just a go reason. to a La Quinta Inn. Yes, go to a. That's what Fred Willard tells you. Go to La Quinta. <laughs> I said La Quinta. Right. It starts with a Q. That's how you pronounce the letter Q typically. La Quinta. Sorry. No, That's how right. cultured I am. I'm like, La Quinta? <clears throat> Go to a La Quinta Go to Inn. La Quinta Inn. La Quinta Inn. I'm okay. Going to the La Quinta Inn. Tony, Tony uh, uh, Montaigne? Yes. Is that how Tony would say it? Go to La Quinta Inn. <laughs> say hello to La Quinta Inn. Visit our morning cocaine bar. <laughs> we got muy cocaine Cocaina. There's just like a dude like with a cocaine, yeah. like just a, a mountain of cocaine. Just in a, a pillow and a case waffle full maker. of cocaine. Okay, just walking around with a, like a scoop. That's right. how you do it, man. That's how like that's how classy Cubans do it. That's how they do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is premise. The premise is decent. The yeah, premise is the, decent. Um, they get a knock on the door, yeah. um, and it kind of freaks them out a little bit. Scott's I mean, unless Liv Tyler is crying that her dad come, comes back from a, a killer asteroid that's going to wipe out the Earth. Is she good for anything? I, and I, maybe perhaps a music video well, with mean, Alicia it's, Silverstone. It's set, it's set against this this whole thing like the, um, they, Scott Speedman had everything set up. I think he was proposing to – It was one, it's, at one point I felt like I was just kind of like tuning out. I really tried not to like – I wasn't uh, trying to play with my phone. Yeah. But I'm just like I don't even care what's – like I want these people to get in the house and just kill these two. Yeah. Because I just, I'm tired of them. I don't want, they shouldn't be around anymore. Okay. I'm rooting for the bad guys. And I'm like, stop Ooh. being so aloof about it. Damn. Go into the house and murder them Please. and move on to something else. It shouldn't be taking so long. Well, this should be a Hulu episode. Yes, this should be eight minutes. <laughs> oh, we murdered Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. The end. Oh, man, that's. Oh, that was a great movie. Didn't Dang. waste any time whatsoever. No. But it, it was, it was like, you know, because I, I didn't care. I mean, because it's not like it's a terribly unique structure. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of movies where it's like, I oh. feel like there's been a lot of that movie yeah. around the same time. I was just like, and I care even less about these people. Wasn't there a movie called like The Game or something that was similar in, in oh. concept to it? Um, that came out maybe before it? I don't know, man. Something, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Weirdos and masks terrorizing. Yeah. Uh, you're uh, next. Yeah, that was, a, that was, was even, a, no, no, that was even another one. Yep, that was another one. You're I saw next. that one. It was okay. That just the premise freaks a lot of people out. Like it doesn't, it freaks me. I'm just saying like if I were in a cabin, like that wouldn't freak me out, but- it, it doesn't like get me excited enough to go see a movie based on. No, because I was sitting there and I was thinking uh, there was it was a, a it was Thanksgiving Eve several years ago. I was up late. I was making rolls from uh, scratch, getting mm-hmm. everything ready for the next morning. And uh, we we're up. It was it was like I don't know one thirty two o'clock in the morning. 
and we got a knock at the front door and it was when I was like, this is kind of a weird time for some, and we answered the door, we lived in a neighborhood. So it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't. It was just probably a FedEx guy trying to make his, <clears throat> trying to make his deliveries. He was like, here is a package. No, it was some, it was some, uh, some young lady. She needed gasoline. I think the, oh, I think yeah, the whole thing was a scam. It feels like a um, setup. It was, but it was, it was when I was like, I know, like, I mean, it was a little bit odd, felt a little bit weird that the door was, I mean, getting a knock at two in the morning. No, you so should like, never do that. It's when I was like, that's just a- siphon the gas from your tank. You'd appreciate yeah. that more. It's less creepy. It was, it was, it was an odd situation. But it was, even as I was conjuring up my own, you know, kind of pseudo experience, no one tried to murder me. Mm. Um, but it was kind of like, you know, okay, yeah, that's weird. Did you like answer the door in like a clown mask? Like, ah, <laughs> what can I do for you? Never mind. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> you're good, you're good. Can I, you got a knife I can borrow? I've got here, I'm going to leave these pamphlets for you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just, and then, I mean, like, even at the end, um, the, they, they, I thought they were dead and these two, I think they're, I think they're Mormon kids. I mean, they were white shirt tied. Wait a second. That's not typical <laughs> Mormon behavior. Well, they show up the Mormons next morning. Mormons don't typically put on masks uh, and butcher. The, the Mormons didn't kill them. Yeah. They, the two, Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman were left for dead. Um, and these two Mormon kids show up the next oh, morning, morning at okay, the house. Okay. And then like Liv Tyler's like, ah, so you're like, is she not, so she's not dead? She survived. But then, like, it just kind of cuts off there. You're like, oh, I, I don't, is this an epilogue? Like, was it like, okay, she's not dead? Like, oh, they're gonna, something like, so Scott Speedman's dead. And the whole thing's set up against this backdrop. The like movie like, execs, like, can we have an extra scene? I was just like, what? I don't, to confuse people. They, well, and I think the whole thing was like, he, he had proposed to her, was pro- proposing to her that night. Oh, yeah. Because they had all, I mean, there was like, rose petals on the the bed at oh, the place so and there's like champagne it was like supposed to be like hey you know yes she said yes and you come back and like oh we're gonna celebrate and this and that but i think she had said no and so it was just this really <laughs> awkward like oh what okay this failed and Ugh. now someone's trying to murder us it's like what yeah, what is that's why you never proposed guys so yeah these singles for there, life yeah there's no point to it there's you're just gonna end up getting murdered this you is know. like an allegory of a single guy. Exactly. Like, this is exactly why I you could, don't pop the question. I could totally relate to that. It's like, no. She's just going to say no, and then you're going to get She's murdered. She's going to say no. It's going to be awkward when you go back to all of the <sighs> accoutrement, and then somebody's going to try and murder you of anyways. Because as that old, old chestnut. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. Oh, yeah. So I, Sick and tired of reading about those stories in the paper. I, I, I could see the direction and what they wanted to play off fear-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you're, you know, you're alone. You have no resources and people yeah. are trying to hurt you. Oh, but it was when I'm like, people are falling down as they're running through the halls. I'm just oh, like, oh, damn. Come on. I was like, you know, that. So that, you weren't biting. You, you were just was, not having it, huh? I was, I mean, I don't know if it's one of like, if I need to go back and rewatch it at some point, I bought it for no, no, five, you should, six you bucks. You should trust your instincts. But man. I was just I mean, like, if, God, this is really not like, because I, I, I haven't watched any of those Purge movies and people seem to like those, but I just, the whole I like the of first it, one. I, I just, and I saw the second one. I was like, ah, I am tired of this already. Yeah. I was like, ah, just, this, I mean, I feel like it was just one of those. I mean, I think the first one had Ethan Hawke in it. Yeah. But it was similar. Yeah. Like he had like, you know, like the wealthy had like the, the, you know, the, the safe houses or whatever. And I was just like, oh, it's the purge. Everybody's going to get murdered. It's like, really? If all rules are off, I'm going to steal everything. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm just stealing things. I'm like getting an, a high-definition Blu-ray player. Finally, I can murder all the people. I was like, what? Why? You should be going to Let's therapy. Let's have some, like, you know, uh, consequence-free crime. Yeah, just go steal a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Man. Think of how many things you could steal in eight hours. A Tesla. You could steal a lot of stuff. You could. A Bengal tiger? Yeah. <laughs> it happened. In, ah. the, in the hangover, they did it overnight. Mm. You could steal Mike Tyson's Bengal tiger. <laughs> That's right. I've they seen did it do done. that. That was a thing. It was a thing. Uh, but then you'll get knocked out to the chorus of uh, Phil Collins. But if I'm going to get knocked out by... That's by a great Mike song. Tyson, that's the song I want to get yeah, knocked out to. Absolutely. So so a big thumbs down for this one? I was yeah, I just Ah, that's disappointing. I was it, I was really hoping especially cuz I'm like, "Oh good." You know, cuz I was it's one of those I haven't seen every horror movie ever made. Yeah. But I was trying to think like, "What? You haven't seen that?" I'm like, "Well, I haven't seen Leprechaun in the Hood, but I don't really want to watch that." <laughs> but now you wish it had. Now I kind of do. I think he yeah, was in the hood twice and in space. And I didn't know he was in the hood or in space. Yep. I, I didn't realize that. I think they that. made 7 of those Leprechaun movies. Now there were homeboys. Wasn't wasn't there like a homeboys in uh, I don't know. There was like a there was like a ghetto version of one of those anthology movies that supposedly was pretty decent. Uh, Tales saw. from the Hood. Tales from the Hood. There you go. I think they made two of those. Well, there's you know. Bones, where uh, Snoop Dogg is some kind of evil of course. demon. Guy. Of course, Snoop Dogg had to be involved. Of course, any of those I presume would be better than The Strangers. Oh, that's that's. I well, was, I mean that that's to be expected, actually. Snoop Dogg. I, I still got a good film. Snoop D O double G. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I would steer clear of the strangers. I didn't find it to be all that. You know, other people may have enjoyed it. Maybe it's a different experience when you see it in theaters versus mm-hmm. watching at home. Mm-hmm. But it, was, it can. A lot of times you, you do have a different experience in yeah. theaters. And you have, you know, going to see a scary movie in a theater with a with a packed audience that's on board with everything yeah. really can enhance a yes. movie like like this. Even the Bye Bye Man was better in theaters with you know a, a crowd full of teenagers, mm. and that was I don't know if I've heard of that one. Before. It was not a great movie. Oh, it's no, no, it's it it's, wor- it's got a great title. It's better than the uh, the Strangers. I oh, can tell you shit. that. Damn. I use this thing. What do you mean? I'm not sure I even know how to load it. But you said you used to hunt with your dad. No, I never did. It was just it was something I said. Yeah. All right. Well, go fuck yourself, a stranger. Yeah. You're not a good movie. Scott Speedman, you were so much better. Now, what else has Scott Speedman been in? He sounds like that sounds like a made up name. He was in a few of the. Uh, uh, crap. What is the name of the franchise? The uh, Vampires and Werewolves um, with Kate Beckinsale. Oh, uh, um, Moonlight. <laughs> Uh, what the hell are those movies called? It starts with a U, and I can't. Underworld. Underworld. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I guess we'll move on to we'll move my on to what you haven't Psycho seen. Psycho Two. Psycho Two. Now, which is I, a better movie. I it's say. a better movie. I was going to say, like, it sounds to me like I that is a better movie. I'm recommending Psycho Two. Now, Psycho Two really shouldn't have been any good. It's you know you see a lot of the formula for Psycho Two. I mean, it's like what 20, 25 years after the original Psycho movie kind of an original thing to try and do a sequel for that yeah. after that long. You see a lot of that nowadays, yeah. like with Rambo and, and, you know, Rocky and, uh, uh, you know, you name it. There's been a lot of attempts to capitalize on old franchises, you know, years later, like two, three decades later. So, you know, you got Anthony Perkins comes back and, um, it was interesting. 
the the story is he he gets out of uh you know the hospital you know after the loony bin eh? the loony bin he 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 gets out of the loony bin and you know the whole the whole movie is just like him trying to acclimate himself back to society like get you know just try he's he's got a job lined up at a diner you know and he, he's just trying to get oh you know get past like which is impossible because like everybody's heard about yeah. what who he is and nobody lets him forget that he's no. you know, especially Dennis Franz was <laughs> in this thing. He's not gonna. It's not gonna let it happen. And I was pleasantly surprised with Dennis Franz. Like you know he plays a pretty good a hole. Yes, he's he's pretty decent at that. Die Hard Two. Die Hard Two, right? Uh, the cop. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, he was in what? I, you know, I never watched the show. What was it? NYPD, uh, NYPD Blue? Blue? Like, yeah. I never saw that show. That was not my jam. I was, I think it was too young when it was on. But I, he, to me, it seems to be like he looked like he did in NYPD Blue, even in 1983. I think 82. as a baby, he looked that as way. a baby. Yeah. He was just, was he was just stash. like a balding, kind of stashed. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, ever since he was, you know, old enough to walk. Uh, but yeah, so Anthony Perkins, he's just trying to get his line. You know, he he comes back. He's out of, uh, and you got Robert Loja. Robert Loja. As he's playing a doctor, yep. Doctor Loja, and you know from those orange juice commercials. I don't remember those. Robert Loja was in an orange juice commercial, and that was amazing. Oh my god, I went to YouTube that. Yes, I'm you putting will. it. I'm putting it in right here. Whoa, Robert Loja. Billy, your mother's right. Your minute made orange tangerine taste great. This got as much calcium as milk. If you say so, Mister Loja. Yeah. Right. <laughs> People will enjoy it. I'm dropping I it promise. in for you guys. I mean, you always enjoyed uh, uh, Robert Loja. Uh, he was he was the voice of the Bane Bat guy in Oliver and Company. I watched yep. that with my kids today. Oh, good. Yeah, they liked it. And Billy like, Joel. Billy Joel. That's right. And uh, uh, Bette Midler. She was in that as well. And Joey Lorenz. Yes. Joey Lorenz. He was in that. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, you know, so here's what I want to ask you. Like, was was Anthony Perkins a big star in anything else other than Psycho? Um, I think I think that was really his namesake. Was that it? Because I think Did he, he never really shake that role. Even when he was cast in that, he, he I think they had bigger names at the studio. Wanted. Oh yeah, um, but Hitchcock wanted Anthony Perkins. He I think he he may have handpicked him. Yeah, he's uh, got a real classic movie star kind of yeah. look to him. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah, I, I enjoy Anthony Perkins. Kind of reminds me a little bit of um, you know It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. He's got like a similar build and everything. Yep. So, you know, so yeah, the, the whole movie is just, it's, it's an interesting movie because it's set up to make you believe that he's just going crazy again. Yeah. You know, and, and in comes up, is it Meg Tilly? I think so. Jennifer Tilly's sister. Yep. I didn't even know, like she really even had a sister in the movie biz, but lo and behold, lo and behold. And I was looking her up. She was in the big easy the same year. Yep. So she had a pretty awesome start. Yep. Really Jennifer Tilly didn't do anything until, you know. Bride of Chucky, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Let it ride with Bound Richard Dreyfuss. With yeah, uh, that was a big. That was That's a big one for her. that was the uh, first movie with the uh, what was the Matrix guys? Uh, the Wachowski brothers. The Wachowski brothers at the time. Now they're the Wachowski sisters. I guess they're siblings. They're siblings. One's one a brother, one's a boy. One's a, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Hey, more power. Um, but yeah, Meg Tilly plays this girl who works at the diner. Who you know he gets his job now he he still gets to he's still the owner of the hotel yes 
that Dennis Franz is the manager whom he promptly kicks out almost immediately for uh, he's sort of running it in a shady manner. Yes. That, uh, that not up to snuff, not up to snuff. So he gets kicked out. Um, you know, Meg Tilly's sort of a friend of, you know, they kind of become little, they kind of become buddies. Yep. Uh, and, and it turns out, you know, this is a spoiler. She's kind of setting him up from the jump to uh, befriend him. You know, she, she kind of, you know, she she acts as if she doesn't have a place to stay, so he's this you know like kind of nice guy. Would, he wants to show he's not a killer, not a murderer. He invites her to stay at his hotel. She reluctantly accepts, and you know she they kind of become friends. Unlikely. I uh, I had totally forgotten when you said you were watching this that this was your. <laughs> Just, you spoiled it, I was you like, son of a bitch. I was like, oh, yeah, where this happens. Yeah, like, oh, that's the like, one where, like, they double crawl. Oh, like, it's really, <laughs> you, like, totally let me, dropped the spoiler. Let me, just, let me text you in one ah. sentence the plot of the entire film. Yeah, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sad to say I didn't even see it coming at that point. You know, because a lot of times you can see those things coming from a mile away, but... They they kind of they hit it pretty decently now, now as soon as you'd said that they start there there were some cues where you kind of saw it coming pretty from far away but at that point at least you know there there was like some awkward exchanges between yeah. the two so they it wasn't at least clear that you know she was because like she just like out of nowhere like starts to fall for him yeah it was kind of weird like, this is a little off yeah because her mom is the sister of the woman that is murdered in the shower from the original Psycho. So there's kind of like your whole plot, like they're trying to get revenge. Like they they, they see he's getting out of the, the hospital, and she confronts Robert Loja and and Anthony Perkins like in the courtrooms. Like you can't let him out. He's you know he's crazy. He he, he murdered. He's my a sister. psycho. He's a psycho. <laughs> Bing. And so you know that whole thing gets set up, and it turns out to be uh, they're they're kind of in this together to make it. They're they're trying to drive him crazy to the point where he starts doing questionable psycho things again, and uh, and in the end he does end up going crazy once again. He does. And he starts talking to his mother. It, it, it's it's not a bad movie. It really is decent. And I hope, you know, like I gave it away. I spoiled it completely. It's been out for a little while. It's been out for a while. You know, you've had 20, 36 he, he, years he had to, a good, to good check it out. To, to pop that one on the old yeah. uh, VCR, check it but out. But I always looked at those psych, psycho sequels as just being like, oh, they have to be inferior. They I, can't be any good. I was, when I, when I asked you, I was, because I was trying to, I, I remember the fourth one. I think the fourth one may have been like an HBO or a Showtime movie. Yeah, the, four, the fourth one was oh. a show, like a made for Showtime movie. And this was back in the days when, um, you know, if you were a movie channel, you weren't making original content. And if you were, it was poor. Yeah. It wasn't high quality. That that one was he called into a radio show. And, and I think was, it had Henry Thomas in it. Uh, yes, it did. <laughs> Patron saying of the uh, podcast, Henry Thomas. Ass. He's a horse's <laughs> ass. But yeah, the, he, he chronicles his upbringing, um, whereas really weird with him and his mom and, yeah. you know, and how he killed his mom and his mom's boyfriend and all that. So that's how he became, you know, a psycho. So because I, I was trying to think, I was like, okay, what, I have an idea of one of what happens in either two or three. Yeah. But I couldn't remember what happens. In you the rolled other. the dice though. Huh? Like, You're like this one? I was yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's I'm going to spoil one of these movies. Let me just ruin it for you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> 
You could watch three now because I have no recollection. Yeah, yeah. I won't even let you know I'm watching it. Yeah, either, just, so I won't even, just I won't even open the window for you to come yeah. like, swooping in and spoil it for me. It's probably not going to be that good, whatever it is. I might go home and watch it tonight. But, you know, Psycho 2 was, was it was fine. Yeah. It was, it was an enjoyable movie. I liked where, it, you know, it, it, it kind of, you know, it, it had a nice twist. It really did. And um, the performances were decent. And you get to see Meg Tilly's naked body. There you go. If you're if you're a fan of movies with peepholes, there's a there's a good peephole scene in this movie. Too bad you don't get to see Dennis Franz or Robert Loja. That would have been even better. The both of them together in the bathroom, feeling each other. Oh well, feeling each other's hairy bodies. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just getting down on each other's mustaches. Well, Robert Loja didn't have a mustache. God, man, I love Robert Loesch's voice. It's a great voice. It is the, it's the most soothing, gravelly voice ever. Yeah. It's a great voice. It's fantastic. And the man can play a dance on a large A floor piano, piano like nobody like else. Nobody's business. Yeah. He'll <laughs> convince you to drink orange juice, too, I promise. I want to check out those orange You're juice commercials. It. It, it's funny to, to, to see people who start in these orange juice commercials like there there's one it was it uh it's not an orange juice commercial but there's a wine cooler uh ads from the 80s that starred bruce willis well i'll be darned <laughs> they're awful i can well, see that they're like a bottles and james type uh wine cooler but just just google these bruce willis uh, what, what were they called oh jesus christ It's it's bad, but it's so good. And he was in like ten of them. He uh, like, this was like right around Moon Landing. This is pre Die Hard. He was he was kind of a crapshoot in the in the early to mid eighties. Like, oh, but he's char- he's charming as fuck in oh these my, things. He was he was wonderful. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hudson Hawk was a great film. Blind Date with Blind Kim Bat Bass 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 Yeah, those those. It's fun. You know, you got your Jason Alexander in the in the in the mcdonald's commercial where yes. he's like singing and dancing in the, and he's got hair yep thick luxurious locks of hair just ben like, affleck burger king i did not know there was a ben yep. affleck, burger, a ben king affleck burger king wow, that's great that's great i can only imagine how douchey he comes across in those commercials he's he's a little douchey I bet. he's a little douchey. <laughs> that's kind of his brand he's a younger guy but he's, uh, he's a little, young little, douchey little bostonian douche. yep <laughs> little douche Little douche. Is that his name? Is that what it is? Little the douche. Of the, yeah. Credited. Little douche. Credited as little douche. Do I have to be a little douche in the IMDb? Yes. They had IMDb back then. Anyway, Psycho 2, it's, a, it it's a recommend. Uh, it's, you know, not the greatest movie, not even close, but sounds like I enjoyed it more than you enjoyed The Strangers. Oh, yeah. The Strangers is like, oh, please, somebody kill somebody soon. You're all I have in this world. You sure you won't have a sandwich? Pardon? <laughs> Now's that time in the show when I obnoxiously play this song. It's a good song. 
this wonderful song. It conjures up good memories. It really does. It takes me back to a happy time. A happy time when I would record movies on VHS extended play, where I could get two or three movies on one VHS cassette. I didn't have the kind of money where I could just do one movie per tape. No. I had to at least put two to three movies, maybe sometimes even four. It made sense. Yeah. And, you know, I had an extensive library of movies. Now, it took me a while to find the movie I wanted to watch because I had, like, 20 movies per tape. Uh, That reminds me, I meant to bring you Midnight Special on Blu-ray because I, when I was redoing all... That's okay, the song's over. I got to say, this is ranking the 10, top 10, most disturbing movies in movies. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I made it, though. Got it. Just, just under the got it in the nick of time. I, no, no, this is ranking. We're in. We're each ranking ten. 10. Our top ten most disturbing, uh, most most scariest scenes. Like I don't know what you want to call this exactly, but I think that in horror movies, this was intended originally to be like another Halloween type episode. Yes. By the time it gets to you, it's going to be damn near uh, Thanksgiving, New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> but, joking. but you know, we, we know that you guys are sad that Halloween has passed. Yes. This is one more show for you guys to enjoy the scary stuff. And uh, again, this is, this, this is not talking about films in particular. This is just scenes that stuck with us. Yes. Scenes that stuck with me. Like when I, when I originally thought of this topic, it's like, what were 10 really disturbing scenes that kind of stuck with me? And I, I guess they didn't necessarily, they don't necessarily have to be horror movies. No. Uh, some of them are going to be horror movies because, you know, when you think of disturbing scenes, you're not going to think of romantic comedies or a Disney film or a family film or, you know, a musical or nest. maybe, maybe, I don't know. There's some pretty disturbing shit going on in some Disney movies. Yes. Uh, but no, oh. these are inherently going to be some scary movies, but not all of them. Um, and, you know, so we ranked them 10 to 1. Yes. I know you're always going to rank yours 10 to 1 anyway. I just, oh, actually this time I just kind of went. Oh, you're just kind of going to go with it? I just went with it. Just gonna, just gonna free. Because oh. I was like, yeah, this is. If it was move, it was the individual movies. I would feel more compelled to, yeah. to rank them. I was like, ah, I don't know how I can evaluate which scene is creepier than another scene. Yeah. So I just, I just went with it. I, I, I feel like I, I was able to do this pretty decently, uh, and I, I'm very curious to see if we're gonna have some overlap. I, I feel like there could be a couple. There, there, I have some pretty famous scenes in here, there, so it's going to lend to some possible overlap. But some of these are kind of personal to me as well. So, like, I really doubt you're going to have the same as me. And you know, I can't necessarily like put in all of these scenes. And you know, like, I typically like to yes. throw in some scenes here and there. We're not going to do that for this because then we'd have like twenty of those. That would be a lot of scenes. That's too much editing, guys. Too many scenes. <laughs> so we're just going to try and do our best to yeah. to paint a picture of the yeah. scene. And I'm sure a lot of you guys, you guys out there have seen, you're going to know what we're talking about instantly. You're going to be like, when's he going to mention this scene? When's he going to mention that scene? Uh, but hopefully we'll inspire you to go check out some movies maybe you yes. haven't seen. And I, I think I have a couple of them. You're going to be like, I never heard of that movie. That scene sounds particularly freaky. And I'm going to go check Freaking this thing me out. out, man. Yeah, man. I, so I guess I'll start. Kick it off. Since you started out. I did. You were very kind to kick off the uh, previous segment. Okay. So number 10 for me. Uh, 10 most disturbing moments in film. Uh, I, I wanted to start out kind of light, you know? All right. Uh, th- this is a, a scene from a movie from 1985. It just kind of came out of nowhere in a film that shouldn't have been freaky for me whatsoever. should have just been like comforting and happy uh, starring Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman. Uh, and uh, I, I just call it the large March scene. Uh. <laughs> it really 
freaked me out. Uh, I, so I didn't see this movie in theaters and I didn't rent it. It was just the movie that I first saw on cable. So I'm watching this movie. I'm having a good time. This is around when Pee Wee's Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse was big. Yes. So I, I didn't see this when it first came out. It's a couple of years after that. So, you know, if you've seen Pee Wee Herman's, you know, Playhouse, Pee Wee's Playhouse, it's, it's such a light kid friendly show. Happy. Oh, it's so colorful and happy engaging. and fun and happy. The king of cartoons. And even though the, the movie is directed by, of course, Tim Burton, Tim Burton who's the, the king of darkness. Let me just take all your childhood hopes and dreams and just shit on them. And, and make it black and white. Let me just terrify you. Put, I'm going to put some dark eye shadow under, under everyone's, everyone's eyes, even the dogs. So, you know, the, the, this movie is a little bit kind of off and creepy, but for the most part, pretty happy. And I don't know, like two-thirds or so of the way through the movie, he gets picked up by this trucker. You know, this, this, you know, nice enough gal. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're kind of playing this sort of creepy sort of music underneath. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. So like, it's just dark and it's just this, you know, the camera's fixated on her and she's like steering the wheel and she's telling that story like a campfire story, basically. And Pee Wee's kind of already been through a lot. And this should have been a moment where like, you're kind of catching your breath, but no, not at all. Nope. So, and, and it's so silly, the scene, you know, like she goes, she looked a lot like, you know, like when they pulled her from the wreckage and like, you know, her face looked a lot like this and she kind of like turns to Pee Wee and like it becomes like her face transforms into like claymation, claymation basically. Yep. But it was so startling, man. It freaked yeah. me out. And I remember being like shaken. I could totally see that. I, I, I was I was not prepared for that at all. There were a number of scenes in that film that were unsettling for oh, a child. Yeah. What, what was another scene that was, I was unsettling? I, I was unsure if you were going to go with that or if you were going to go with um, when he has that dream that the clowns are doing um, <laughs> yeah. surgery on his bike because the oh, clowns yeah, that, are terrifying. Yeah, that was a bit weird too. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I was like, what? And this this is like pre-clown like terrifying. I mean, like yeah. people find clowns terrifying always, but that was a very – I mean, it was like a nightmare. Yeah. It was, so it, it was in the – it was like a weird kind of bluish yeah. hue or whatever. It was strange. It was odd. I could that, – now, that didn't disturb me. It, like I, I'm sure I found it a bit uneasy, but it was the large marsh thing. Large just, it was like my first jump scare ever probably. <laughs> Or one of the first jump Tell scares. Tell them Large Marge sent you. And I just remember <laughs> laughing really hard afterwards, but totally feeling completely uncomfortable and uneasy. Because I was watching it by myself. So, like, I, I just, I laughed. And it's, it's one of those first instances where, you know, you get really freaked out and you kind of laugh. I know, like, lots of times you've talked about the exorcist making you laugh. Because it's really just hilarious. <laughs> no, I, I think that it's freaky and you're just your brain is just not letting you like to cope with it. You just you think it's funny. He asks to the detective asks two times yeah. in very close succession yeah. if she received any packages. Okay. That day. That's just poor editing. I don't even know what like bad writing. He's just did you receive any packages? But today? the scenes where like the chick like the girl's like stabbing herself with the crucifix <coughs> and all that crazy. I mean, that's some disturbing stuff. Yeah. The scene was... where he like the, the drawer gets open, he's like, you know, did you do that? Did you do it again? She's like, it's time and all that. I mean, it's yeah. freaky, man. It's real freaky. Pazuzu. <sighs> Captain Howdy. But yeah, I just wanted to start out with that. That's my 10. Uh, it's the least disturbing uh as far as this list goes, but it kind of got things kickstarted. I, I don't know. Maybe I was like 10 or so when I first saw it. 
right. It's a good scene, man. It is a and good scene. I'm sure there are it's lots of people that are listening, watching that are going, Yeah, I remember that scene. Oh, and totally. That freaked yeah. me out too as a kid. Yeah. All right, Adam. What's right. your number ten? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, with a similar kind of thing. It was from when I was a kid. Okay. <clears throat> I think a lot of mine are from when I was a youth. I, I'm this this one um, this one made the list because it was one that just the, it freaked me out for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, the it was um, I was I was staying at my grandparents' house and uh, in the room that we used to sleep in. Um, they had uh, they had a TV that they used to have in their motorhome, and it, it was old antenna TV. I would pick up local channels, and it was late on a Saturday night, mm. and um, they had a local guy in the Chicago area who would do like I think the character he played was Sven Gooley, and he was kind of like this, you know, he would be the 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 bumpers uh, going. To was he like the grandpa <clears throat> monster kind of guy? He, he was a character kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so he was, you know, he would kind of make jokes of stuff and like, ah, oh, tonight's movie we're watching. And it was night of the living dead. Oh, it kind of sounds original. like Joe Bob Briggs a little bit. Too. A little bit. Yeah. I love Joe it Bob. was, um, night of the living dead. Night okay. of the living dead. Okay. It was kind of, I think it was probably like 10 or 11 years old. That's, um, a, that's a legit scary movie. And it was, uh, it was the scene, um, cause there's, there's the mom and the dad and the little girl and they're down in the basement. Mm-hmm. And so the, the whole beginning of the movie you're watching and you see Barbara and, and then, um, the, the black guy and then the other two people that show up and they're all kind of, they're upstairs and then, oh, they find out there's people downstairs. Well, it's probably about two thirds of the way through the movie because um, the little girl had been bitten, and because it was the first real zombie movie yeah. anybody made, the, the rules hadn't been established. They, yet. Yeah, it was like you didn't know that if you've been bitten by a zombie, yeah. you eventually turn into you would a zombie. Turn, yeah. So, um, I, I think I think it was mom comes down the stairs, and she finds the little girl. Little girl has turned, mm. and she's you know I think she's um, already like going at her dad, like she, she's got him he's he's dead yeah and she's she's freaking out so this little girl she, i mean got black makeup around her eyes to make yeah, her look yeah. dead yeah she grabs a Tim Burton movie. she right. grabs a, a tr- <laughs> yeah she grabs a trowel and goes and it is this, i mean it's a really i mean when you watch it now you're like this is ridiculous it's pretty tame but she's like nowadays. stabbing her mom ah. yeah and um and so it was, it was just like and i remember making it all the way through to the end of the movie and it was the right. first time i'd watched a movie where it's like you know, there's not really a happy ending. I mean, like right. the guys are out and they kill all the things zombies. are going to be okay though, right? But that like, little girl's going to be fine, right? It's like everybody is like, oh, everybody died. The dad's going to take an aspirin and be cool, like, right? Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. And so it was just, it was one of those like, you know, a, as a kid, that it was that fear that like, okay, there was there was no way to stop all of the zombies. The zombies just kept coming at the house, and it was like. Oh, so it was that scene. And I remember the Sven Gulli guy he was making a joke. Um, he was like, no, no, I said towel. Bring me a towel, not the trowel. It was right after he, she had stabbed the guy. Yeah, and it was, that's fun. It was, it was like, oh, that doesn't make it any better. I just watched this girl <laughs> stab. After like 10 years she was old. eating her dad and then stabbed Oh, well, he her. made a pun. He was making a It's a, a friendly pun. pun. I was like, your pun did not make this any less impactful, sir. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, oh, that's uh, a hell of a start right there. <clears throat> that was the first scary movie I watched as a kid that I was just like, Oh, this kind of stuck with me for a while. It's like, it, anytime I, I had, you're like, I gotta have this more. Like, this uh, is a, I like this. This is, this is going to shape some things for me. This is going to make me into a different kind of person. Now I'm going to go watch pound puppies. Yeah, I, need, <laughs> I need to rethink some things. Not there. that a 10 year old's necessarily going to go watch pound puppies. I probably did. Did you? That's okay. probably true. Yeah. Yeah. 
probably had it on DVD even back then, didn't you? Standard definition. <laughs> All about the standard definition. All of these. We got 4KJ. We got standard definition, Adam. Yep. All right. Uh, that's a good one. That's that's yeah. a real good one to get kicked off. Yeah. Uh, and and in you know classic black and white. You know, just good stuff. Um, okay, so mine gets a little bit more intense. Well, dicey. Yeah, just a little bit more. So, you know, I was thinking about that movie, The Signs, and how well it was the the scene where the um, you know like Mel Gibson he's telling the stories. And I'm sorry if I'm ruining a scene for you, but. Maybe, I've, maybe. Seen, I've seen the film. So yeah, right. yeah. So like, there's that scene where the aliens are surrounding the house, and how yep. like impactful that was to me watching that in the theaters. But I, you know, I was thinking about a scene in a movie that actually probably did it better in years before that, and that was the movie Close Encounters. Yep. Uh, and and this one a scene that really freaked me out as a kid. I couldn't have been more than seven or eight watching this on cable once again. HBO just ruining my life. Later, it introduced me to like movies like Hard Bodies, where I got to see nipples and butts. So that was good. But, there you go. Uh, but you know, at first, it introduced me to scary movies. And the scene I'm thinking about is uh, there's like a mother and a kid. And it's been a long time. Since if you think about the movie, you think about Richard Dreyfus, yes. and you know him being obsessed with the mountain. And he's got the mashed potatoes, and there's the scene where he, you know, like the 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 spaceship, the lights are like racing down the street, and they're all kind of enamored with it. And it's kind of it's Steven Spielberg, so it's got that Spielberg kind of charm going yep. forward. But in the middle of this damn thing, there's a scene where aliens are surrounding this town, like a house, not different, not too different from the house in Signs, where they're kind of in a you know rural area, you know, like and, and so like the. The, the lights are and again it's like 80s practical effects too so yep. they don't have the the nothing benefit too flashy. of flashy nothing too flashy <clears throat> so there's like you know like flashy lights and you know like it's clear that aliens are touching down and they can kind of see you they're looking outside and they see like you can see what they're reacting to what's happening and you know you're watching a movie called a close encounter so you know what they're seeing and so like they they close the door and she's trying to like protect her kid or like little kid who's like I don't know five, yeah, uh, from from you know the aliens. So like they they bar up the doors, they close the windows, and the the aliens are persisting kind of similarly, and as it was in Signs, where they're kind of on the roof. There's a similar scene where like they're kind of on the roof making noises. But the scene that made it so creepy was how curious the little boy was, yeah, to see the aliens. You know, he's like opening the front door and he's like really kind of welping, welcoming them like, hey, cool. And the mom's freaking out. It's like we all would. And she's pulling him back. And, you know, there's a like there's a part where uh, the aliens are it, it's, you know, kind of intimated that they're coming down the chimney and she kind of reaches her hand and pulls the trap. And so she kind of blocks him there. And then there's a scene where <clears throat> they're coming up from underneath and there's like a vent and like the screws are like coming up from the vent and like she steps on, like she kind of closes that up. And like the little kid is just not freaked out by it at all. And he, what ends up happening is, you know, he, he goes to the front door while she's, you know, distracted by something else. And, you know, he gets abducted. But that scene was just so frightening and out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, Steven Spielberg has a real knack for like, and especially with alien stuff. Um. What was the one movie that came out uh, uh, with Tom Cruise? War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. That had some really creepy scenes that, in it, yeah. too. 
So th- this felt like most. This felt like almost all of World the War War of the Worlds, but like dropped into this sort of other kind of movie. Yeah. All right. What's your What's your ninth? Uh, let's see. Most of the rest of mine come from Anaconda. Just not realizing that, man. Um, Jennifer Lopez's uh, dad. John Voight's ponytails terrifying. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, you're not kidding in that accent. No, no, that accent <laughs> truly horrifying. <laughs> Woo! Um, but uh, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump back into uh, an Alfred Hitchcock. Oh okay. Um, rear window. Ah, let's let's hear it. That's uh, what well, that might be my favorite. Um, Psycho is it's probably a close second, but I really because Jimmy Stewart. <clears throat> You've mentioned a lot of times that I need to watch this. This I, is on my list. I, I love I love this movie. It's all set in one. Um, it's I one prefer set. the Emilio Estevez version. The minute work. Yes. Equally terrifying. Yep. <laughs> you this mean, is basically uh, the same movie, kind you mean of. Repo sort, Man. Right? No, 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 you not mean, Repo uh, Man. <laughs> that movie is disappointing. Interesting, but disappointing. Uh, this one, so uh, Rear Window, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's a, a photographer. <clears throat> I mean, he's got like a broken leg. He's got a broken right? leg. Yeah. yeah, the Simpsons really kind of, they, they did it. Uh, when the, it was in the episode where uh, they got a pool yeah. um, and Bart broke his leg. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Um, so, he broke his arm like skateboarding or something probably, right? Uh, I think I think he did the, he tried to do the jump off of the treehouse. Yeah. And he broke his leg mm. the first day of the summer. And okay. so um, he was holed up for the rest of the summer with his broken I, leg. And I watched that episode, had probably had no idea what he was even parodying. Yes. At all, it seems this was good at that. Oh stuff. yes. Um, so Jamie Stewart, he's a photographer, and he's um, he's he's got his telephoto lenses. He's got a, yeah, and he's just kind of he's he's stuck in his apartment, and he's just kind of watching the world around him, and he gets obsessed, and he thinks he thinks that this guy across the way mm-hmm. is is into some nefarious business. Yeah, um, and so he has he, his girlfriend. Um, oh, I forget who plays her. Blondie Blonderson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, it was her. Um, it's it was one of the big names of the day. Sure, um, sure, sure. But uh, and then he had kind of Cloris Leachman. Yes, it was Cloris. <laughs> she was great. Um, he had uh, um, warming those sausages. He, he had a buddy that would stop by, and then he had like a uh, a nurse, um, an, an older lady that was his nurse, and they all kind of they all kind of got sucked into this idea. You know, they're so they're kind of helping him investigate at times, mm-hmm. trying to figure out. What's, sure. what's he up to? Sure. They, so he thinks he, he's he's convinced his wife. these people that yes. these other people like, that this, there's some nefarious things. This is very going weird. On. This yeah. has happened and that's happened. And couldn't you just see like getting sucked into that? Oh yeah. It's a very it's a very realistic type of premise. Yeah. You're just he's just watching this and he's stuck inside. He can't go anywhere and his imagination's um, just running so his wild. imagination's just running wild. So um at it's towards the end of the movie. Um, he sends his, his girlfriend, she just, she's going to go over there and she's going to go into his apartment and she's going to snoop around for stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I think she's looking for the wedding ring. Mm. And so the police get called, um, Raymond Burr, uh, who played, uh, he, he was, he was the guy. Um, he was also Perry Mason. Um, oh, okay. uh, but he, uh, he's the guy. <clears throat> the suspected murderer. He's the suspected murderer. Yeah. And um, Jimmy Stewart's sitting there, and it's it's a real real quick exchange. Yeah. Um, she's his girlfriend's over. The police are there, and they're talking to her, and she's talking to a police officer. She's got her hands tucked behind her back, and she knows that Jimmy Stewart's watching, and so she's pointing at her ring finger where she's found the ring, and she's put it on her hand. Oh, giving him the signal. Giving him the signal. Yeah. Well, as she's doing that, Raymond Burr, 
is watching her and realizing what she's, he's like, what's she doing? Who is she, why is she doing the signal? And so he realizes that she's signaling somebody. And you just have this quick moment where all of these things have been happening outside of, of this. Like event. a slow burn up to it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Raven Burr is looking directly at you in the camera. Mm. And it's just one of those like, ah! Like he knows. Oh shit! Because yeah. Jimmy Stewart's like, oh, turn off the lights, turn off the lights, and he's trying to back up and oh, okay, and not and and that's leads into the final where you know he comes over and. Oh, tries you know to- another movie that this sort of play, pays tribute to is that Disturbia. With, yes. Uh, uh, yep. Shia. Le- Shia LaBeouf. 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 And David Morse. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that that scene's been done a ton of times yes. since then. I'm sure. But yeah, um, it was just that that quick turn, and he's just looking directly oh, at you. Shit. The jig is up. And you're bitch. like, oh, yeah. like everything else was happening, kind of in this this other world, this third right. person world, and then now he's looking directly at you, and you're like, oh, I don't want him looking at me. Oh yeah, don't look at me, Raymond Burr, with those those cold dead eyes. Yeah, it's gonna like, oh. shiver right up your spine. Buddy. Yeah. And so then it all leads up to this final confrontation, which is jarring. But it was that scene. It was just like, oh, because I, I love that movie. And I love because it, it builds on this, you know. Oh, I love that. Like, I, I think I'll like this movie when oh, I watch will. it you finally. Will. I think I'll really enjoy this. Do I you can, own this? I do own this. Okay. Maybe you let me borrow it sometime. I could do that. I have a whole collection of Alfred Hitchcock films. Oh, so wonderful. Yes, you're more than welcome. <sighs> okay. So that's my number nine. I'm, I'm ha- always happy to hear more about this movie. All right, so number eight for me is a movie that I know it's been documented you're not a fan of, but uh, there's this one scene in particular I think that really redeems the movie. Um, And the scene is just called like Devil at Your Back. And it's from the uh, Annabelle movie. Okay. So the scene I'm talking about. The first one? Yeah. Okay. The scene I'm talking about is towards the end, I think, where the girl, she lives in this apartment building and she's down in the the sub like the subfloor like the basement, the basement. floor and uh, it's you know it's dark and it's gated off kind of fenced off and creepy and she's looking for something and uh, the the scene is set up so well like it just builds in intensity and then uh, suddenly out of nowhere this carriage like stroller kind of comes yes. rolling out of nowhere and she does the thing that you would not want to ever do and you hope she wouldn't do but she kind of wanders over to it and looks and uh, there's just like a blanket, but something's making a noise. And then she gets grabbed on the hand by this kind of charcoaly, dark, you know, non-human hand. And she, you know, of course, panics and freaks out. And she runs back all the way to the elevator doors. And she's doing that thing where she's hitting the buttons so the doors close. And it, there, there's it does this thing like I don't think's ever happened. Maybe they did it in Aliens, and I'm not quite remembering. But you know, she she gets the doors to close, and almost in every movie, like you just go up the elevator. Like yep. there's that tense scene where like something's chasing like the T one thousands, like chasing, and like the you know it's just barely misses. So she runs the elevator. She she gets the the, the doors close, and then like after a moment, the doors reopen on the same level. You're like, shit, Ah. shit. So she's like hitting the button again, and then the doors close again. And then there's like another beat. And then the damn things open a third time. You're like, oh, my God, she's fucking dead for sure on this third time. But no, you know, like, so what she does after this time is she panics. She flees the elevator, and she runs to the staircase. And she's like, you know, frantically running up the stairs, like one floor, two floor, three floor. You don't know what's behind her. You know something's chasing and she finally gets up like, you know, five flights of stairs and she looks over and there's just like a hand on the rail. 
you know, very creepy. She knows she's being chased. Devil's at your back. So she, you know, she goes up another flight or two of stairs. And at this point, she looks back. And at the bottom of the stairs that she's, you know, on, like she's at the top of the stairs, she looks back. And there's this really shadowy devil. It's not lit well. And it's so creepy. It's creepy as fuck. Bright yellow eyes. Yeah. Now, but then they do something. They kind of ruin it. Like they show, a, like they don't trust the audience, I guess, to be frightened by this. So they do like a quick flash close up of the devil's face. And it's scary and startling and it's fine. She runs back into her apartment and closed, shut, slams the door. And that's the end of the scene. But I wish they hadn't have done that like quick glance of the yep. devil because like it, it doesn't look as scary when you see it. No. It was that. It was because it's kind of crouched. Yeah. It's like crouched on the floor a little bit and it's like looking up at her, you know, and like, I don't know, like you, we've all kind of been in a situation where you're like, you, you feel like maybe you're being like followed or chased or you, you've watched enough scary movies where like in your mind, you're feeling like something's chasing after you, even though clearly you're not being chased or followed. And <sighs> you want to like look back at, over your shoulder and you, you're, it's almost like you kind of want something to be there to freak you out, but. But you know what I mean? Like every time when you're a kid and you go downstairs to the basement, even if you had a finished basement yeah. or whatever, oh, it's yeah. like you got to turn the lights out and like you do that sprint up the stairs. You're yeah. Like, I don't know what, what's down here. Oh, you imagine there's something just below your feet yeah. swiping just at you. Like I, I've done that a million times in, my, in my life. He's there. <laughs> Bronson Pinto. <laughs> He's just hiding. Lady. <laughs> He's hiding in your basement. Uh, no, but I, I love that scene. Like everything about that like plays on that fear as as like a kid where you're being chased up the stairs and it sets it up so well with the the creepy baby carriage and the 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 elevator scene yeah. like not closing and like so it's an it's accumulation of all of it but then just to look back and see that she has in fact been chased i mean she knows she's being chased because yeah. she got grabbed on the arm um but it was just, it was so creepy and this is a recent ish movie so like yeah. it had an impact on me now it it came after the uh, the Conjuring, yes, <clears throat> like that that opening scene of the Conjuring with the Warrens and the doll Annabelle, yep. that was so creepy and well played. So you were really really excited to see that they're expanding the universe. Yes, and the series has gotten better. And that movie, I'll I'll, I'll admit, not the greatest. It's okay. It's it's up there on the nun. You know, like it could have been so much better. Could have been better. Could have been better, and it did get still better. Okay, and it's right. Still okay, but that that scene, that sequence of events, just really got me. Yeah. So that's my number eight. Double right. at your back. All right. Well, I'm gonna in following in that in that same uh, fashion. I'm gonna go with Annabelle Creation, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. sequel, which was my favorite of all three. It's good. And uh, I was, you you convinced me to go check that out, and I wasn't disappointed. I I think I think Annabelle Creation is one of the best movies in the entire universe, and honestly, one of the best horror movies that's come out probably in the last decade. Um, I rewatched the whole thing today just because. Oh wow! Did you know? Because uh, um, just in it, the the scene that I picked out is where um, Anthony Lapalia, who's the the dad of the little girl that died yeah. at the beginning, yeah. who owns a house, and they're letting the, uh, the all this the the girls from the orphanage they're staying there with them. Um, he's just found out. Um, it's probably about halfway through, maybe a little bit for a little bit past that. Um, He's just found out from one of the girls that uh, the the girl with the bad leg has gone into um, their dead daughter's bedroom yeah. and has opened the door where Annabelle was. 
And so he's he's having these revelations. This is the one that had the dollhouse. Remind me. Yes. Oh god, yeah. that was a good scene. Oh, that, that was it. Was one of those like there's so many good scenes. Yeah. Because one of the things that I loved about the whole movie was, I feel like this is one of the first movies where they really started using the dead space, mm. like okay. the background. You know. Yeah, because they was, didn't do that a ton in the Conjuring, no. did they? The first no. Conjuring. And and they really good, good I mean, point. Good point. They really use that well. They use the music well. Mm-hmm. Um, even I mean, even and it's the, it involves kids. Yes, which always like heightens yes. things a lot. And and it, like it wasn't heavy on jump scares, but the jump scares that they used were really good. Um, and the it, scenes in the barn towards the end yes. were really scary. With the, yeah. Where the lights are flickering on the car yeah, and the yeah, scarecrows yeah. kind of starting to come to life, and you oh, see gosh, it yeah. just in you know in the in. Oh, you're making every, me want to rewatch it. It, it was. I mean, it's it's such a good movie. I, I I picked I picked the scene where Anthony he's got he's carrying the crucifix around that he's just made. Yeah, and he comes into the house and he walks past the dining room and Annabelle the doll is sitting there at the head of the table. So yeah. he walks into that room and then the girl who was in the wheelchair at the time yeah. oh. that has been possessed by um the that same demon at right, this point. Right, right, right. You you see him and Annabelle kind of in the foreground in the background you see the wheelchair wheel up and you see her stand up and kind of walk and mm-hmm. she, and she confronts him and she's talking to him and it's this totally creepy moment oh, and then she kind of backs into the darkness. And it, it all goes black, and you see you see her eyes glowing, which has been thematic throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, and then the eyes go from about the the level of where she's at as a child, and they just raise up to the. Oh yeah. And then. Oh yeah. He's holding this cross, and he you know he's just he's staring this thing down, and it's still concealed in the darkness. And one by one, his fingers start bending the wrong way. Yes. And yes, then they yes, just yes. find his corpse in, the, and they're like, okay, that's where you say, all right, guys. Not time for bed, but let's get the f out of here. Yeah, I was like, you're like, okay, all right, all right, girls, let's let's get ready for bed. No, he's just the guy was just, I mean, he was killed in yeah. the house, murdered. Yeah, something killed him in a very unnatural way. Yeah, he's not just. Oh well, yeah, he must have fell weird he, or something. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> he. I think it was a blood clot. No, his whole body is like drained, and his fingers are snapped the wrong way. It's like. You need to leave now. Didn't the movie kind of give you like a strong kind of uh, pet cemetery vibe where you're like, they're, you know, yeah. they're inviting yeah. the spirit because, you know, like the do- the girl dies so tragically in the in the car, you know, like hit yeah. by a car, sort of like pet cemetery. Yes. And very um, similar. a very sweet kid. And so like, yeah, they like invite her into this thing. And like they got the diary that they find yep. to, and that, that like lets them know that she's there. Yep. It was really well I done. Home. Really well done. I was, I was actually, were you saying that? Like, I was thinking that line um, that John Lithgow had in the the new one is like, "Sometimes dead is better." Yeah, I was like, "That's the whole thing." Is like, no, yeah. if they hadn't messed and brought this. Oh yeah, it's not the same kid. It's no, not the kid. They never it's not come the back sweet to the girl. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So yeah, that uh, there's a lot of great scenes in that movie. I think if you're on the fence for this movie, like if you saw the first Annabelle movie and you're like, "It's okay," yeah, I agree with Ron. That scene was really good, but for the most part, is kind of by the numbers. If you're into the like, if you like the idea of like a modern day telling of Pet Cemetery, like the film, yeah. they it's like they 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 started the sleep clean, and it yes. is an origin story. Yeah, and and that's one of the things that's fun about it is it butts at the very end of it, it butts right up against. Oh, that was great! Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's some good continuity there, which just makes you feel mm, you know nerds love continuity. I know so, yeah, I do. It was. It was and it it was it was a prequel, but it was it was just kind of like it was 
it still stands on its own. Each each of the three movies, even even though there's a, tr- a trilogy of them, yeah, yeah, they all really kind of stand on their own. Like mm-hmm. their stories are linked through the doll, but other than that, because the it's ones, not like Chucky Child's no. Play, like that kind of thing. This is, and admittedly, I mean, like you know, the doll that they have for Annabelle is. You know, there was a real Annabelle doll that yeah. the, the Warrens have in their in their museum yeah, of yeah. spooky things. Yeah, yeah, it's in that things, glass case, which is a Raggedy Ann doll, and that was a, kind of a fun thing at the end when the the family comes. I always love when they do that stuff. Yeah, I was like, oh, this it's is always a fun this thing. Is perfect. So, yeah, I mean, over. I mean, there's one of those like I could have picked a half a dozen scenes from it that were just. Oh yeah, everything. Every scene we mentioned could have been. Yeah, it was. A, it's a great movie all around. But I was like, okay. If I want to pick one, this is good. It's got the creepy girl. It's got good use of the background. It's got, you know, I was like, this is all the elements kind of rolled into one. It's not in your face. Yeah. It's it's very, it it makes you like, you're kind of stuck there with the guy. Yeah. And I like that. Like a lot of, so many times, like a scary movie, I'll just kind of like not, like it'll just startle you and the scene's over. Yeah. It kind of like lets you off the hook. Yeah. You know, like the scene's over, the dude's head gets chopped off and then yep. you're done. But to to have to sit and watch that, yeah, it unfolds. Really and you're kind of drawn through it, like, Oof. dude's good, man. Yeah. <sighs> All right, it's a good one. All right. All right. So I'm gonna jump for my number seven. I'm gonna jump out of horror movies and I'm gonna jump into a David Fincher movie. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of his movies are really uncomfortable. I'm curious if you're uh, picking the same one as me. Uh, I don't think so. Hopefully, I, I don't uh, think so. But we'll if see. You do if you do, we just. So I'm just it's I'm just calling this scene sloth, <clears throat> and it's from Seven. Okay, no, yeah. Um, now Seven is filled with some really disturbing imagery, yeah, uh, and it's all of course based on the Seven Deadly Sins. And I mean, David Fincher this this was the movie that kind of got him past the whole Alien Three thing, yeah. And really, for me personally, like th- this was like it, it could it should have just been like his first movie because I didn't really know yeah. that he did Alien Three because this is before Fight Club, right? This is before Fight Club. That's yeah, this was that. 1995, and I saw this in a midnight showing where uh, Nick and I and a couple of friends we went to see this thing, not really knowing what to expect. David Venture wasn't a thing, so you know it just it looked interesting. It had Morgan Freeman in who was he was not quite Morgan Freeman yeah. at the time. He, you know, he was, he was, yeah, you'd seen uh, 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 Shawshank Redemption, but he yeah. just, he wasn't quite that Morgan Freeman yeah. yet. So he, there was a, still a bit of air of mystery to him. And Brad Pitt, really, I mean, he'd only been in some like kind of hunky roles in the past. Like he was yet to really establish himself in that quirky actor kind of thing. Yep. So to see him really embrace like the David Fincher, like quirky, you know, like be, let himself be get dirty a little yep. bit in a role, you know, not be glamorous. Yep. It, it was so, it's so wonderful. And you had that beautiful scene in the beginning with the opening credits with the nine inch nails. Yep. And you got the killer who's, he's putting together like the, um, the scrapbook or whatever. And it's got the redacted shit, you know, and it's, it's real unnerving and creepy. Yeah. Um, and, and there's the scene with the fat guy, you know, like who dies, the gluttony, and you're like, oh god, this is just man. I'm so uncomfortable watching this. And uh, I was I was tempted almost to pick the scene where the guy like murders the woman with the strap on with the razor on it. Like yeah. that was real uncomfortable. But the scene that to me got me really, really, really good was Sloth, and that was the part where they thought they were gonna. That was like the first time they thought they were gonna get the guy. Yeah. And so they raid. It's like a SWAT team, and they raid the, this this dingy apartment, expecting to see. 
uh, you know, the, uh, oh, who was the guy? Um, who played him? Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Thank you, Kevin Spacey. They're expecting to, to get to, to find Kevin Spacey. Instead, what they find is they're like walking into this old, dirty room. Like oh. they, they really nail like the yeah. dirtiness, I assume, it's of New York. It was New York, yeah. I think. And uh, so they walk in, and there's like these like pine saw tree air fresheners everywhere. 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 And, you know, but in, you, you don't expect to see what you see. And they kick open the door. And there's, you know, this dude like kind of tied down and he's just like all like, gro- like it's gross. Yeah. He's, he's just all tendon and, you know, like there's like no, like what, it, whatever, like he's not recognizable as a human being anymore. And they, they find like this stack of Polaroids where, um, you know, like they're flipping through and like they find a picture from like just a week prior where yep. he looks kind of like he does in the where they find him and they're flipping through they go to the first one he just looks like a regular dude yep. and i was like this was dated a year ago so like you know at this like the horror is setting in this guy's been tortured guy's for been a year at, it. at least and they, they you know like the so they hadn't captured him they they stumble across like the next victim and so all this nasty stuff is there's like flies buzzing around. And again, with the pine saw air fresheners yeah. everywhere, there's like hundreds of them. <clears throat> so you just know it stinks so bad. You feel like you're watching it and you feel like you can almost smell it. Yeah, you really can. And so it like, it's all terrible. And you know, like you just assume the dude's dead. He's been tortured. They get there, you know, it's too late for this guy. This and one of the SWAT guys, this like douchebag SWAT guy, like kind of leans in and he's looking at him and he's all up in his face and he goes like, "You got what you deserved." And at that moment, like the dude, you realize he's alive. Yeah, he kind of like raises up and he's like, "Oh!" Uh, uh. And so there's like this screaming and chaos. They're like, "Call an ambulance!" And you know, like he's he's. I mean, like again, like he's just all like muscle and tendon. There's like no flesh on him even anymore, and he's just like this. He looks like a skeleton with a little bit of tendon around him yeah. still. Ooh, and he's got like all the like shit like all over his arms, where like he's been <sighs> given, he's been intravenously fed drugs and shit. Yeah. Oh my god, it was such a creepy scene. And uh, <clears throat> I feel like that was like the height of it, you know. Like you, you still had the Kevin Spacey scene where they they find him, and then the whole box scene, yeah. Like, they cut off his wife, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <clears throat> that is a classic movie, dude. And it really is. If you haven't seen Seven, I mean, kept uh, David Fincher's done a ton a ton of great movies since then, but Seven is still my favorite. He it just nails like he set the bar high. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, because it was disturbing on so many levels. I think Zodiac is really up there yep. with it, and I think even to a lesser extent, the girl with the dragon tattoo is kind of up there too. Uh, but man, Seven is so good, and the sloth scene of all the scenes—they're yeah. so upsetting and disturbing. That's the one that caught me the most. Yeah, because it was kind of a jump scare. Yeah, but it was totally earned. Yes. So anyway, that was my number seven. All right, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep piggybacking. <laughs> Since you're going David Fincher, I, have, I like I have, that. I have a David Fincher okay. as well. Let's go. <clears throat> and this is from my favorite David Fincher movie, Zodiac. Um, I know that's your favorite. Uh, <laughs> it's I, awesome. I love the movie Zodiac. So damn good. It is. It is. Uh, there have been a number of times where I have watched it from beginning to end and started it over a second time and just watched it. And it's almost three hours. It's long. a fascinating story, dude. It really is. I've listened to podcasts and read audio, like listened to audiobooks, all dedicated to the Zodiac because it's so fucking crazy. And he he took a lot of flack because what he did was he he 
um, he went from the Robert Graysmith's position on everything, mm-hmm. which he did a lot of research, but it was still Lee Arthur. Was it Lee Arthur? Uh, uh, Arthur Leon. Arthur Leon, who you. was one of the primary suspects. Yeah, but I mean, there were uh, there were a handful of guys that right. they had that were primary suspects. Um, but he just he went with, and I, I thought it was some of the criticism was really undue, simply because. It's like you can't. I mean, there's there's no end to the story, so it's like you kind of got to pick yeah. a position and roll with it, right? Right. And what he put together was you can't pretty be wishy washy on the fence no. about it. And the cast that he had, I mean, it, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. um, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, uh, one of his like early big yes. films, you know. Uh, he had uh, the uh, guy from the Drew Carey show. <laughs> yes, who played Arthur Leon? Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, that is his seminal role to me. Oh, like I, I joke that like yeah. I think of him most from that, but he kind of scarily embodied that character. Oh my, all too well. And, and, I mean, even I mean, even down to some of those supporting roles where you had um, Elias Cotillas as one of the sheriffs, uh, Jack Mullinex. Um, you had uh, Donald Logue. Who uh, played the guy in the basement? Um, the theater, the movie theater guy. Uh, the posters. Bob Vaughn was the character's name. Okay. Um, it was the guy that, he, oddly enough, he did Robert uh, um, Roger Rabbit's voice. Oh shit! Are you kidding me? No, I did not guy. know that. There's that's a the that boy. There's a fun bit of trivia yeah. for you guys. But that speaking of that is the scene that kind of ruins um, Roger Rabbit for me a little bit. <laughs> that is that is the scene oh, that I absolutely love from that movie. It is so incredible. Is that creepy. your scene? That is the scene. Okay, I'm sorry. Please, no, 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 please no, set it up. That was set a it up. Great segue. Ooh. So, um, great uh, scene. Jake Gyllenhaal plays uh, uh, Robert Graysmith. Yeah, who's a cartoonist turned pseudo uh, writer. He um, he writes he he encrypts he de- decrypts he decrypts the, um, yeah, yeah, the, the initial message like yeah. comes up with a crypt key or whatever yeah. and so he's he's just he's obsessed with the story he's obsessed with finding this guy and um, there's he's he it's before he's really on the Arthur Lee Allen um, track and mm-hmm. he's he's uh, he's running down this uh, this uh, lead that he has about the uh, um, the these movie posters. Um, yeah. that, uh, that had been showing in a theater and, uh, I'm trying to think who the suspect was that, uh, um, that they were going after at that point. It was the guy that, uh, out in, uh, Vallejo, they, they really liked the Donald. restaurant guy. Um, no, oh, no, no, no. There was a waitress. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, they, he was, um, he was running down. He, he had found a guy, he'd gotten a tip. And he had found a guy that had supposedly had a canister, a film canister, um, that had been stored. Um, that uh, the the suspect that he was after, Bob Vaughn, was the name of the guy that that, that was storing this. So he, he goes, he 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 meets up with Bob Vaughn, and it's this rainy night, and Bob Vaughn um, picks him up, uh, uh, and and they go back to his house, and he's uh, it's it's raining, and he's he, he's he. Jake Gyllenhaal's a little bit frantic by this point. He's really kind of sucked into this whole, mm-hmm. I'm tracking now, I'm going to find the Zodiac. He's really laser focused. Uh, yes. I mean, you know. He doesn't he, even really realize that he could be possibly walking into danger yeah, he's, at all. He, no, I mean, he's he's just ready, willing. It was like, oh, yeah. So he goes and he goes in and he's talking to this guy. I love the whole like amateur detective aspect yes. of it. It's great. And and I mean, just the, I mean, even the setting, it's like, yeah, I, I don't. He's so good in that role. The, the rain and the thunder and the, uh, you know, and, and so. Yeah, it's San Francisco, so it's very dark and gloomy and cold yeah. anyway. So he's he's in this guy's house and, 
you know, he's he's talking to him about this. You got a tip about a film canister. It's like, yeah, I had it, but he came and he took it back. Yeah. And he's like, oh, do you do you have any? Do you have the poster? You know, he. he and so he's like, yeah, I, I think I do. And he's like, let's yeah. go down to my basement and check right. it out. And one of the things that they had gotten up to, up to that point that was a, a zodiac thing was, you know, that he he had a basement. And the the line that Jake Gyllenhaal has that I love is like. Not a lot of people in California have basements. And I do. I do. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, this is this is creepy. This is so creepy. <laughs> I love that scene, too. So they go down into I the do. basement. <laughs> um, and because I can't remember if it was before or after they go downstairs. Because he's saying, no, no, he 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 wrote, we've we've compared the, the writing on these movie posters and it's the closest that we've had. Oh, I think he was already downstairs. So at some point, he kind of showed his hand yeah, a little bit too much at like, that point. No, no, we're you know we're we're onto this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and you know we th- we think we're gonna find. He's like that. We've we've I've matched up the handwriting and the handwriting on these posters is the closest we've had to the zodiac letters yet. Oh my god! And he's, and he's so amped up because oh, he thinks that. he thinks he's he's you know he's finally on like a real lead. Yeah. He's like, I do all the posters, and you're like, and then at that point, like. He starts to get really creeped out. Oh and yeah, he, and you immediately hear, his his like look and demeanor yeah, like, changes to ice. And so he's he's thumbing through this this notebook of when they showed the the most dangerous game at this theater back in the you know in, in whatever year it was he's looking, and you hear footsteps yeah. overhead. He's like, yeah, are we the only ones here? Is there anybody else in the house? He's like, and he's just not even paying attention. He's like, all right, yes, the yeah. most dangerous game. He just keeps talking, and he's like. And just the whole thing is so unsettling. And then he's like, do you live alone? He's like, yes, I do. And he's like, you still, he's like, oh man. And so he, he ends up busting out of there, runs back. He's like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. He just wants to get out of there. Oh yeah. And His he, fight or flight kicked oh, in big time. And he tears up the stairs and he runs through the house and he gets to the front door. Yeah. And the front door is locked with a key from the inside. Yeah. So he's like, I can't get out. Yeah, in a lot of situations, like the person would have been too polite to <sighs> leave and it would have died or something, oh. you know. Like he he instantly take like flees. Yeah. He just and the guy comes upstairs and he unlocks the door for yeah. him. Just super oh, creepy. so weird. And he just tears off into the rain. And he's like, he for all intents and purposes, like he may have narrowly avoided being you know captured and murdered. Right. But like the scene is just so perfect because and what what I like about scenes like that is the whole thing from kind of start to finish. You know, you're you're the the rain is kind of playing, so you know you're. It 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 has this momentum that it builds, and you get to this point where you're like, oh, I like it because to that point you're so optimistic because yes. you're like kind of on this journey with him. Yes, like you're so anxious to find out more. Like you're you're on this lead with him, but and you you you're with, along with him. You're not aware of the danger. Like suddenly yeah. he realizes he's in this spider web. You're like, oh, you know. And you have this revelation at the same time. Oh, at the same like, time. Oh, get out of there. Get out of there, man. You got to get out of there. It, it's now. perfectly like, like the, it's perfectly acted. It's perfectly like the, the, the music and the score is like yes. perfect. No, nothing gives away too early in the scene to get like a way that it, it's good stuff. And it just lingers. Like it lingers <laughs> to the, all the way up until that moment when he's, when he tears out into the night, he tears out in the rain and he's free and he's okay and he's safe. And you breathe that sigh of relief. But like the whole time he was like, <laughs> And you're like, yeah, I don't know if he's going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen. Right, right. That that scene, that that whole movie, I love that whole movie, but that scene, it was just when I was like, oh, this is so creepy. It's a good scare. Yeah, man. That's If you want to not sleep for a few days, why don't you do a double feature of Seven and the- There you go. You know, friggin' Zodiac. Seven and Zodiac. <laughs> and you don't ever need to sleep again. It's good stuff.
All right. So my number six. Um, so I, I just, this scene's called the diner scene. And uh, now have you seen um, the David Lynch movie, um, Mulholland Drive? Uh, I don't think I watched the whole thing. It's okay. Darn. Uh, yeah. Cause I, you're, you're really good at, at describing things and this movie's hard to describe. So I'm going to do my best. <clears throat> so the movie Mulholland Drive, as I'd said, um, it, it, it kind of centers around uh, Naomi Watts, who is, I don't want to give too much. Okay. I'm not going to give this movie away. Cause it's, it's a really cool movie. It's, it's my favorite David Lynch thing he's ever done. Like, you know, I was never like a huge twin peaks guy. Never really been fond, like huge into like movies like lost highway, but eraser head. No, <laughs> but Mulholland drive is like the classic slow burn movie. You don't really know what's going on. Like when you're watching it, everything really feels like there's no point to it at all. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, you kind of start piecing it together and you're like, oh. So it's a great one of those like, oh, movies. Yeah. But right in the middle of this movie, seemingly out of nowhere, once again, there's this really dreamlike scene where there's these two guys and they're having uh, breakfast at this diner, Winky's Diner. And uh, again, like this, you don't know where this movie's going. That's the beauty of the movies. Like you really have no idea where this movie's going. It's so mysterious, and he, you never get fed the, the information. Like yeah, that's one of the things. I and in his it. movies, and his stuff, not just his movies, but all of his content in general, just has this like really kind of surreal, nightmarish kind yeah. of feel to it. Always, so you're always uneasy. This movie, I think, maybe is his best example of that. <clears throat> so you're like, why am I watching this? This is really weird. Like it, Naomi Watts isn't, she's kind of like the star of the movie. And like, she's not even in this scene. You're like, what am I watching? It's just like this non sequitur. So this, it, it's a real dialogue heavy scene. There's these two guys at a diner, broad daylight, nothing, nothing threatening or scary happening at all in this diner, other than it's a David uh, Lynch movie. And you're not really sure this thing's going. So this guy's having this conversation with another dude. Don't know who they are. And uh, he's so the one guy is saying, like, you know, I have I have this nightmare. I have this dream of this woman, this nightmarish beast, this thing, you know, and, you know, and it lives behind this diner. And, you know, like, I, I just have to know if it's there. Like, I, it's just it just feels like this nightmare, like it. it and the, the reason it's so effective is it plays on that whole like feeling you get. It's kind of like similar to the devil at your back thing where you look down yeah. and like, is something behind me? Yeah. You know, like where in a scary movie where you're like, it's okay. I'm looking, I'm looking at something and it, it's dark and it's not quite right. And I got this bad feeling that something's around the corner and you always look and nothing's there, you know, or, or like, you know, it's dark in your house and you your mind's playing tricks with you. And you're like, something could be in the kitchen, in the corner, and yep. you flip on the light. And of course, nothing's there. It's just your mind playing tricks on you. So this kind of has that feel to it. Like your mind's just playing tricks with you. So you don't know who these two guys are. They're just having a, this conversation and it's just bizarre. Has a Quentin Tarantino kind of feel to it. So finally, the one guy goes like, well, let's go look. Let's go check it out. And the guy's like really disturbed and distraught. And he's like, I don't know, man. I just he you could tell that he's worked himself like he's he's got this guy to come with him to the diner and he's just gonna confront this feeling that he has. He knows nothing's there. He just has to confront this feeling. There's a monster there, there's something there. 
So they had this conversation, a few minutes goes by, and then like their foods on the table hasn't even been touched, and they just stand up. And I'm like, let's go. Let's just get this over with, dude. We're going to get this out of the way. You're going to see that nothing's there, and you're going to be fine. They stand up, and they walk out of the diner, broad daylight. I can't, I can't like understate how like how eerie it is that it's broad daylight, and you're frightened. And it's like a first kind of person perspective. Like, you know, they get up, they walk out of the diner, they, they walk down the side, they go down a flight of steps, and then you see it's like an alleyway. And it's in California. Like, you've seen lots of scenes in these movies in California where, like, these alleyways where, like, somebody's just getting stoned in their car. So I've seen lots of movies where, like, you've seen these alleyways. You know what I'm, you know what yes. I'm talking about if you've seen it. So they're kind of slowly walking up. And there's like a concrete wall and, and, and nothing there. There's nothing there. And he looks back at the guy who's there for moral support. And he kind of looks back at him wordlessly and kind of like, you know, like, you know, let's go. And he, he walks right up to the edge where there's this concrete wall. And this right when you think nothing's going to happen, that you're safe, this ghastly, like witchy demon looking thing Un, like in a very unnatural way, like slides out and you see like, and it like lingers on it for like a half second and the dude sees it and he's like, Oh, and he like, and he faints to the ground and then unnaturally slides back. Like you don't see like her body or anything. It's just a head slides out, beat slides back. And I can't describe to you how, fucking unnerving that was <laughs> to like is i'm thinking i'm thinking like this is not going to be anything this has nothing to do with the fucking movie i gotta i can't understate that this scene these two guys are not in the movie and like out of nowhere like you're here you are with these two guys and they're just having this conversation and why why would it be real why why would it i mean there's been nothing super supernatural to happen to this point in the movie and but there she is and she pops out and the dude faints and the scene ends and then you're back to like Naomi Watts again. But that scene has a very important meaning to it. Once you get to the end of the movie, you realize that it has meaning to it. I'm going to have to watch this movie. Oh gosh. Start to it, it is such a weird movie. <clears throat> I love it. Mulholland Drive. It came out. I remember it coming out when I worked at Blockbuster and there were people that said, oh, this movie's oh it was highly uh, like critically yeah. praised. A lot. I, I think Naomi Watts was nominated, maybe even won an award for that. Because I, I remember like Nicole Kidman being like really complimentary of her because they're both like Australian. Yeah. But it's the first time I'd seen her in anything, and she's so damn good in this movie. She plays a lot of characters in this thing, a lot of a lot of different people, and it's it, it has a lot of layers to it, and it really pays off. I'm gonna have to check it's it a out. Good flick, man. So yeah, Mulholland Drive. <laughs> Uh, it, it startled me and you're going to see it and you're going to know it's coming and it's still going to fucking freak gonna, you out. Right, Especially good. if you watch it like late at night. Good. I might watch that after I go home. Oh my God. Let me know when you do, dude. Cause <laughs> like when I'm it happens, I watched it again to prepare for this episode. I was like, I wonder if it's as creepy as I know. And I know it's there. I haven't watched it Doesn't since matter. I saw the movie like 20 years ago. And there, that fucking face comes out and I was just like, Oh God, <laughs> I don't like this. No. I don't like this at all. All right, so that's about number six. What's your number six? All right, I'm gonna um, this this one. Uh, looking at my list, I think this one kind of um, it's. I don't, I don't feel like it's as um, traumatic, but it's it's in the same vein. And this is a movie that we actually we saw together. 
Oh, um, okay. Oh, oh, oh. I think I know what movie you're talking hereditary. about. Hereditary. Oh, gosh. Uh, is that... I had a scene in this. I think I chopped it off my list. Please. There, well, there's... Uh, there's well, you talk about a lot of scenes There's that a movie. good number of scenes you could I think this through. is the best modern day horror movie in the last it, 10 years. That, this thing that, is good. It's, uh, because there's so much about it that, like... It's really well put together. Yeah. Um, there, because there's parts. Tony of, Collette. Oh, wow. So damn good in this thing. There's, um, and the kid that plays her son. Oh, the son is fantastic he's, too. He's really, he's, he's getting around and I like, he's got some, he's got some chops and I like that. Um, I, I can't wait to hear this. <clears throat> talking about this, this one, this one, I mean, it's real, um, it's real quick and it's real unassuming and mm-hmm. it's towards the beginning of the movie. It's mm-hmm. right after, um, it's it's it feels like kind of like the first one of the first times you're 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 meant to be uneasy in the film. Okay, um, the first of many, right? Yeah, it's one of the first of many. Yeah, um, but it's it's right after because it opens up and it's grandma's funeral mm-hmm. and grandma was she was weird um, and has a weird relationship. Tony Collette and um, and family. Uh, she has a weird daughter and uh, her. Yeah. Her son. Oh yeah. Well, she's something's up with her. Something's yeah. up with her. Yeah, something's up with her. Um, which ties into the whole plot of the movie. And then uh, who was who was her husband? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Oh, uh, he was Gabriel a Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel yeah, Byrne. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, I love him. Yeah, he's great. He played the devil in End of Days. Yes, he did. I was just talking about that movie the other day. Nice. Um, but and he's he's kind of the anchor in all this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He, he's the grounding force and all that. Yep. And the son, too, kind of. Sort yeah. Of like, and is the son adopted? Uh, no. Or he's, okay, okay. okay. There, yeah. Um, he's their biological yes. kid. Yes. Okay. Um, but, uh, so, uh, grandma has just died. They've had the funeral. They've come home. Um, Tony Collette's kind of in a weird place with all of it, um, just mentally, emotionally. And she's up in her, um, uh, uh, her little craft space. room, yeah, because yeah. she, she her her she shed <laughs> her, her job yeah. is that she makes miniatures. Oh, fuck, I love how they she use takes the miniatures the, and, and, and it's just it's one of those like that's kind of a weird job to have. Like it you, is real. You weird. make miniatures and then take nobody pictures has of it, that job, and that's an and that's not a real job. What? That's something they made up to make you feel kind of so un- weird, crazy, and not at ease. And it is it 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 creates a, an interesting venue for backstory because you see these models and you say like, okay, mom was sick and this is her room when she was in the hospital bed and, and stuff like that. So you have this, this weird buildup and, and, and she's there and she's, she's finishing up for the evening and she's getting ready to leave the room and she turns the light off and mm, the camera cuts over about. and you just see, you see this outline of grandma mm. And it's just, it's really off putting. She turns the light back on. Nothing's gone. there. Nothing's yeah. there. Yeah. It's just turns, like all, it's just the wall. Turn, yeah. Turns, I think she turns the light back off one more time and she, and you see the outline again. And it's, it's, it's got a little more dimension to it. It's not like, oh, there's a person there. Yeah. But it's just like, she's just kind of having this weird confrontation with <clears> what she thinks is there. And it's just, it's, it's off putting. You're just oh, you're yeah. pretty super creeped out because you're yes. like, okay, this is just weird. Because it's like, you know, I mean, just based on the plot of the movies, like things are going to get weirder. But I like, like how they sold that movie. Like they, they, they didn't tell you anything what that this was about. Like you assumed it was about the daughter mostly. Yeah. Really? And, uh, but yeah, there, there's so much more to go in that movie. And, and the thing that's really funny to me. Down to the weird naked, smi- naked oh, smiling guy. That, that guy's fantastic. <laughs> Fan-freaking-tastic. I can't wait to see him in more shit. Well, the, the thing that's funny is, because I watched Midsummer. 
Uh, I was going to ask you if you've seen that. Yeah, I watched it a few weeks ago, and that one's uh, that's another just trip and a half. Oh, I can't wait to watch but that. It, it's funny because as I was reading, as I was watching that, I was reading stuff about it. Ari Aster, who directed both movies, mm-hmm. he never intended for Hereditary to be a horror movie. It was supposed to be a just a story about a family dealing with grief. I'm like, really? No, it's terrifying. oh, they took a hard fucking turn. dude. That is a terrifying movie. Oh yeah, like no. If you thought this is just like, well, this is how families deal with grief. No, like, no, 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 no. Some this somebody made a note. Terrify. Wow, let's people. make this a horror movie. And he said, okay, let me just ruin people's <laughs> lives here. Like, oh my. There's gosh. numerous scenes that oh. just freaks you the shit. And it out. just, I mean, and I, I like. I mean, you know, we're we're both you know cinema nerds. Yeah. To where like you know when you're, I prefer masters, but okay, <laughs> they're interchangeable at times. Times. But like when you when you have all those little things like oh this means this and you're and yeah. you're like I I I really I mean we both really appreciate that is like it means you just put extra stuff into the story kind of I mean uh, Easter eggs which I just learned um, where that term came from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show is where why we call them Easter eggs what yes because on the set of Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah when the cast was bored in between takes they would hide actual Easter eggs throughout the set. And they didn't find all of them, but when you watch the movie you at certain see it point, in the film? you can see actual Easter eggs. Oh, you see how much you learn on this show? See? You're the welcome, more audience. You know. so That's now, for you. Now we know where Easter eggs come it's from. Like a little Hershey's kiss for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I think, that, I think that really fits in with a little creepy motif here, too. There, yeah, it is a little creepy. That yeah. could have fit right in with Hereditary. There, there's at least a dozen scenes in that movie that you could have, oh could, you yes. could have talked about. And <clears throat> the scene that I was, we could just sort of count it as an honorable yes. mention, was going to be the scene where like the, the daughter gets her head lopped off. Yes. And the, 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 the son has that just amazing oh. acting where he, he knows, you know, he knows that her fucking head is lopped off because she stops talking. And he's, he just sort of like, the, the camera never gets off his face. And he's just sort of like... <sighs> <laughs> and he, tra- I think he like says something back to her to like see if she's there. No answer. Then he just drives home. Drives home. He just in a in, in this like car. panic. Yeah, he parks the car and go- goes. He inside. walks into the house and gets under the covers and goes to bed. Goes to bed. And then the scene I was going to mention was when like the when when Tony Collette discovers the body and he. But the camera doesn't show that. It shows like the kid in bed sleeping. Yeah, just like. And he, you and hear, you hear the horror. Oh, so and then it cuts to the the funeral with the small. Well, uh, no, it cuts to the like maggots on like oh, the yeah, head. You see the head, <laughs> the and then after that scene's smash over, smash shot it, of it, the maggots all it over the cuts head to the the funeral. Oh gosh, like, yeah. that that was going to be in my list, but I took it off. But that that scene, because I remember you like messaging me like randomly one day, going, you know, watching this um, on video, you you can actually appreciate this scene a little more. Like I guess you could kind of tell a bit better. Yeah the outline of the grandma. Uh, Cause you know, we, we did, we saw this in theaters and uh, I, I think we both caught what was happening in that scene. Like you're, you got the intent, but like you could just see it better. Yeah. You know, so home video definitely gives you a little bit more, <clears throat> a little better perspective on some of that. That's good. Good. Great movie. And that is in high def. I have that in high def. You got that in high It's one of your it's few high, high def movies. High def. You wouldn't have gotten that in standard definition. No. See why well, you gotta like, come on over to high definition, dude. High def. Uh, all right, so my number five. All right. Um. Oh, okay. So my number five, I just called Night 20, Dragged Out of Bed. 
And this is from Paranormal Activity. Okay. Which is just another one of those movies where like there are a number of scenes that I could have made this list, honestly. And uh, the the final, final scene I almost put on here. But I went ahead and went with this because I think it was like the first time you're kind of introduced to the reality of the devil's um, ill will towards what's going on. There, there were really creepy scenes leading up to this, like the burning of the Ouija board and uh, the the footprints, you know, of the hooves. But the scene where, you know, because the whole the whole entire movie is just the video camera capturing while they sleep. Yeah, it's really creepy. I love the other paranormal activity movies suck really, but this one was just great. I think a lot of it had to do is just like you're watching them just like in their most vulnerable possible state asleep. And there's all kinds of great scenes where like, you know, the, the like Katie or whatever, the main, the girlfriend's kind of like hovering above him, the yep. boyfriend and like the, 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 it speeds up and she's just standing there for hours rocking in the same position. But, but before that, even, you know, they're just lying in bed and, you know, day 20 pops up and that music, that kind of cue that they do, like, it's like this kind of like rumbling noise and he's like, shit, God damn it. I know something bad's about to happen. So like, and then like her leg just kind of moves yeah. and then she just gets drug out of bed onto the floor and then drug out of the room. And then there's just sort of chaos ensues. Like her boyfriend like wakes up and he runs out of the room, but you're still stuck with that one perspective. Like, uh, yeah. That single camera. Yeah. That single camera in the bedroom and the hallway is darkened. So all you can just, you can just hear what's going on. Like she's getting slung around and she's, he's trying to chase after her. And then after like 30 seconds or so of just agonizing sound only, like they both run back into the room and they kind of, hold each other on the floor and like, she's trying to calm her down. And I think that next day is when she starts being like, I just got to get out of here. I just got to get out of here. I just want to go. I just want to go. And then like, he's like, no, no, no. And then like the next day she's gone. Like after that, she's fully on possessed. So I'm, I'm in these, I'm like, no, this is when you leave. When that happens, yeah. you, you're like, no, nah, we should just, no. Well, days before that, remember they invited like the priest over, yeah. like the, the, the medium. He walks into the house and then fucking immediately leaves. Yeah. Because he's like, smart. He's smart. He senses like, yeah, the evil. No. And he's like, no, no, no. You guys got to go. I, I'm not staying. I'm out of here. But he had it in his head. Like, it was so great. Because, like, the guy just had it in his head. Like, he's got this camera. And he's going to catch. He's going to capture this event. And I think there, there's a lot of us that would love to be able to capture that kind of thing. Because, you know, if you if you're like, it, do ghosts, do spirits, do poltergeists? Like, does does any of this actually exist? And you're like, of course not, because if it did, somebody by now would have caught it on video. So that's he's obsessed with the notion of capturing these things on video. But he gets some stuff, like, you know, like the the burning of the Ouija board. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, he caught that. Like, he saw it later on the next day as he's edit, like, watching over the footage. That ought to be enough. The funny, you the got it. Get out of there. The funny thing is with all this is like, even if like you go into this hypothetical situation where you, hey, look, I captured this on film, and look, this crazy shit just happened. Yeah, people are like, yeah, you just totally, you, you made that up. You made that you up. Yeah, it. you're right. Yeah, you, that's the thing that's funny. Is like you nobody, faked it. The people that are going to believe you already believe you. 
Yeah. And the people that you're going to like, aha, look, I proved it. It's like, nah, that's totally photoshopped. You're absolutely and right. And it's like, oh, you can't, can't you're never You're never going to win over the critics. No. You're always going to, the people that want to believe you are going to believe you, even if you had way less compelling evidence than that. Like, I love, I love the scene, like in a movie like Poltergeist, where they're like, oh yeah, like we caught on video, you know, like trying to impress the, the owners of the house. Like we caught this, you know, over like the, the span of 24 hours, we caught a ball move from this spot to this yeah. spot. And they're like, oh, really? They thought that was pretty impressive. And they like open the door and like shit's flying around the room. Yes. You know, <laughs> that kind of moment. You're like, well, here's your video evidence. Cat- capture that shit. Uh, but Paranormal Activity is just a phenomenal movie. Like to me, that's the best found footage movie they ever made. That's the one that I thought was the, just the best. You know, like all due credit to movies like The Blair Witch and, and, and you know, any movie that came out before that. I feel like I was doing some research and there were, oh, like movies like Cannibal Holocaust. Like those are like your real actual first found footage movies because it's like a documentary. Is that the, is there the one that was done in Spain? It has a different, is that the one that's quarantine or is that a different film? It's a different film. No, the one I'm talking about is, uh, it's like a film crew and like, it's it's real controversial because the actor, the actors actually killed like several animals, like in real life. They like, you know, ripped the shell off a turtle and like disemboweled it and shit. Like for real, it's a little messed up. Yeah. It's real messed up. And it's been like banned in many, many countries, but those are like your first found footage type movies. Really. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so the, the, the night 20 from paranormal activity, that's, that's the one where like, and I remember seeing that movie and it's similar to, um, um, uh, Blair, Witch. sorry, spaced out similar to Blair Witch. Like there were, it, it was a real low, like grassroots kind of promotion. Yeah. Like it was, I remember that getting promoted like on sites like Facebook where they're like, if you get 10,000 likes, we'll bring it to your town. And that, kind yeah, of shit. it was very, it was very non-traditional how that one made mm-hmm. it to made the rounds. It was. So, you know, I saw that like it was at the height of its uh, curiosity and it was a packed theater. And like all throughout that movie, people were losing their shit. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I don't, I think that's the most scared and anxious I've ever been in any movie. And uh, it, it's just so funny how the yeah. other movies just sucked after yeah. that. But the, the first paranormal activity is pound for pound, dollar for dollar. Dollar for dollar. <laughs> Maybe the scariest damn thing I've ever seen myself. Like, if I had seen a movie like The Exorcist in the 70s when it came out, that might have been the thing. But for me and my generation, like, paranormal activity might have been the one. You'd have to get past the comedy on the exorcism. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Your cunting daughter. <laughs> All right. What's your number five, sir? Uh, this is fun, man. Uh, I really dig this. Number five. Uh, I'm going to, this one I think matches up with that um, as closely as I can. Okay. Because uh, it's, 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 I guess this is a pseudo found footage kind of movie. Okay. Um, it has that element, but it's not a found footage movie. Uh, Sinister, the first Ooh, Sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the snuff film type yes. stuff. Um, Ethan Hawke, um, he's a writer. Um, he moves his family around from house to house where uh, murders happen, writes a story yeah, about him. So weird. Um, and so they move into this house, and everything up until now has been, you know, it's murder. So it's not like it's, you know, super happy. It's very strange oh. how he would put his family through something yes. like that. But this, there's a particular kind of difference to this. And he's, um, it's been a couple of years since I've watched it. I, I, went I haven't seen it since it first came out. Um, it's, uh, the first one's good. The first one I really enjoyed. Um, it's funny. The, the guy that plays, uh, grown up Eddie, 
um, James Ransom um, in uh, It Chapter Two is the oh okay okay he's the deputy he's in both oh, okay. Sinister and Sinister Two okay okay. Um, I don't think I've seen Sinister 2. Sinister 2 is not as good. Okay. Um, They tried to kind of just, you know. What is it about Ethan Hawke? He'll just come in and be in the first scary movie, and then I'm out. (laughs) The first one was was really pretty good. I enjoyed it. Oh, I did too. Um, I forget the the name of the the ghost, the, the evil entity that... Um, what it would do is it would it would get to one of the kids in the family, mm-hmm. um, and it would it would kind of through them the kid would end up killing the rest of the family, um, and so um, and it was funny. again the theme kids. It, it was funny because I I remember watching it. Um, I it was it was watching it by my I saw it on I didn't see it in theaters. I was watching it at home. Mm. I was by myself and it was late at night and I was watching it. And Ethan Hawke is having a conversation with James Ransom. Um, oh, and he's there, um, James Ransom's kind of bringing up, like he's broaching the supernatural possibility of this. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's asking him something about like, you know, do you believe in the supernatural? Do you believe in ghosts or do you believe in this or that? Um, and as I'm sitting there watching the movie, I hear some loud, <laughs> it, uh, it, upstairs <laughs> in my house. And it was, I was, I was sitting there. I was like, uh, Hey, I'm trying to watch a movie down here. Okay. I get that. It's about ghosts. <laughs> But keep the excitement <laughs> to a minimum, please. Or you're like, good one. I like that. Like, come on, man. Thanks for enhancing the experience. It, 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 Something it, like that happened to me too. Like I was, when I was doing research for this show. Like I was watching a clip and the, like my phone ring. Cause like I'm watching the clip on my phone and the fucking phone rings right at the scary <laughs> part. <laughs> I was I, like, I, thanks a lot. I love it. it, it I love those little things. It's, yeah. like, it's totally coincidental. Little, little, but little it just spices it works of life. so well. Um, but he, so he's, he's up in the attic and he finds this little projector and all these little, um, these films. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's all of, every time this, um, uh, this, uh, it's, it's this long trail of these, um, these incidents that have occurred and every time it moves to a new house. So he's at the house where it's, he's kind of cross paths with this, this demon monster thing. And, um. There, is that the demon monster thing in the in the video of the computer or whatever that he yeah, like, looks over yeah, at him he, or whatever? Uh, okay. Because uh, you saw that in the trailers. Yeah, because um, what's his face? I think it was uh, uh, Alfred Molina, I want to say, was the, uh, the professor that he contacts uh, about this particular entity because he's done a lot of uh, academic he's the research. Expert. Yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. expert on it. Um, but there's, there's a number of different videos, and they're all – pretty unsettling but oh the, yeah they're like snuff films yeah the the one the first one i liked a lot it was really creepy the i mean one, i didn't like it a lot but it was oh, these are great snuff films that's <laughs> my favorite the uh the best the best one that i think gets the best scare and it's it's got it's got a little it's it's a jump scare yeah um but it's the lawnmower the lawnmower the yeah that's the one that gets shared a lot yeah and for sure it's i mean it really it's it's a jump scare <laughs> it's and it's a little nowhere. gratuitous but it's so good it is because you're 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 watching. I mean, you can you can go on YouTube. You watch the clip. It's about a minute and a half. It, it like lingers too long. You're like something's gonna happen. Well, because it's. I mean, you know something's gonna happen. Right. Like you you see just enough light. It's like Silent Hill. You have just yeah. enough light. Yeah. To see the the lawnmower comes out. Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. Something's, like, gonna something's gonna, gonna happen. happen. Something's gonna happen. And then gonna sudden, happen. Something's and then, happened. And then all of it. You're like you're watching the lawnmower. You're watching is like something. Is, what, what's gonna happen? And all of a sudden, like the lawnmower's on that kid's face. Oh and you're shit! Like, Holy shit! That 
was enjoyable. And it, it was like yeah. and, and in the scene, Ethan Hawke like flies back. Yeah, and, yeah, wow. yeah. He it reacts just, the way everyone else yes. reacts. And yeah. so it's like it's one of those like, okay, <laughs> this is a pretty solid little, you know, horror flick. Wasn't the that, first one like they were like being hung or something like that from a tree? Yeah, there yeah, I think that's okay, what ends up okay, happening okay, to okay. Um, Sorry, but yeah, the lawnmower. Is that yeah. so? That's your the scene, lawnmower right? yeah. scene. That one is just that, of all of them because they're. I mean, honestly, they're all pretty good. Oh yeah, um, they all, are. The, I mean, it's one of, and they're they're pretty disturbing, you know, unnerving kind of stuff. It's, it's I, I, the the family getting hung from the tree like that really. Yeah. That was the first one, I think, and that that was that really sets the table. <laughs> that really gets things you're like, going. Oh wow, man! This yeah, is, the lawnmower is that infamous scene. Yeah, you're like, oh, because it just <laughs> it just happens. And oh it's yeah. Like, Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like forcing you to watch it. Yeah, it just, just forces like, you to watch it. And it, I mean, it, it it'll jar you, but it was it was it was a memorable, creepy scene. Yeah, I like that scene. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, oh my shit, man! I'm in the top four now yep. for me. Uh, so you know, my fourth one's kind of a trite one. It's so predictable as far as the list. Like, I wasn't gonna put it in, but I had to put it in. Is the chest burster scene from Alien, Aliens. the original? Because Alien. it is, and you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this because it has been seen by everybody and their grandmother. Um, but it was effective for me because I saw it as a little kid. You know, I wasn't supposed to see it, and uh, it, it was a. I was a. I was an aunt, and they had <clears throat> they had rented they had Ghostbusters and they had Alien. And, uh, you know, we, we were kind of allowed to watch Ghostbusters and that was creepy and scary. And we were supposed to leave and not stick around for Alien. And I, you know, kids sort of hover around as they're playing. And I look over and it was like right at the chest burster scene. Like I saw it and uh, you know, I had no context for it. That, I mean, the scenes out of nowhere anyway, you're, you're kind of made to feel like you're yeah. safe at that point. You know, like they get the chest burster, they get the face hugger off of him. Yep. It's the first, you're not, it's the first time you're introduced. Like we all know the lore of the face hugger now, but at the time, time. yeah, at the time, like it just kind of falls off of him dead. And it was, it was just scary enough that it latched to his face and he went into that coma, but you know, he gets off and they're just having that little dinner. Yeah. And everybody's laughing and cutting up. Yeah. And then I don't know, and and, you know, the chest burster, you know, like that, the chest burster thing is just such a creepy concept of a scary thing anyway, because it feels so biologically possible <laughs> that there could be a parasite that rapidly just like grows and you're, you're like, and then, and then when it's grown enough, it chews its way out of its host. Like it just feels biologically possible. Yeah. You're like, this is not so. Cause there are real life parasites that do that shit. Oh, and you, I mean, you hear, you know, you hear those weird stories and I think I mean, even in, in that uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, they're all the spiders that all, crawl out of her face. Mm, yeah, you like, see that scene. Yeah. I mean, those those are, I mean, like, people was like, oh, yeah, the cockroach went into her ear and laid right. eggs. And you're like, right, right, oh, right. what? No. It oh. plays on that that kind of, uh, it, this you know. This could kind of happen. Right. Yeah. Weirds you the crap out. Oh, my God. I mean, you, you, if, you, if you go on YouTube and look, search for shit like this, like, you watch some horrifying shit yeah. in nature. Ugh. So yeah, to see that happen, like, it, it just, it laid, it laid its own little egg in my yeah. psyche. And every time, like, an alien movie is on, I expect the chest burster scene to happen. And then a lot of times it does and it happens in different ways and it never really truly, I think pays off like in aliens, like it happens in a nightmare scene and 
you know, in the new and in covenant, like a really disgusting scene happens where like it comes out of his mouth or something weird. If I remember, I like, I didn't like that movie, but that scene was pretty inventive. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to get like a chest person. Like in, I think in alien three, it was a dog yep. happens to the dog. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so, but, but, but for not, you know, it, I'm sorry. Like it's, everyone's seen the scene, but I have to give, I have to pay tribute to the it's damn a, thing. It's a pretty great scene. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a legendary scene. It, it gets played in every like Halloween top 10, top five, whatever. It, it is the film. seminal moment in a seminal film. And, uh, you know, I, I had to put it up there. It's my number four. I think that's fantastic. Thank you. All right, let's see here. Oh, and then uh, that one other thing, and I'm sure a lot of people know this. I love the fact that, um, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, the director, Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott, did not tell the actress that they were planning yeah. to do that. So her reaction to it was completely 100% authentic. Yes. <laughs> that was great. And they, they managed to get all the blood on her. Yes. <laughs> Let's just ruin your day. Yeah, pretty much. I love, pay attention to her scream yeah. and her reaction. It is it's 100% totally authentic. Real. She yeah. was not expecting that at all. And I think that's great. Just adds an extra layer of just fantastic. Yeah. That, I, that whole movie is just, is such a great movie. Oh yeah. Every part of that movie. Great stuff. Awesome movie. It holds up incredibly well. 40, 40 years old, that 40, thing. yeah, 1979. Yep. All right. What's your number Great four, flight. sir? Um, I'm I'm going to go with one that's a, a, a little gratuitous in the same fashion, I think, then. Okay. I'm um, trying to kind of stick with you there. <laughs> um, and this. Uh, I like it. This is. Uh, um, this goes kind of along with. Well, it definitely goes along with uh, our first segment. This is from the original Psycho. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, and it's. Uh, one of the one of the things that I was and it's funny because it really I was I was a little concerned when I first started doing this like one of the things in horror movies that uh, or thrillers I mean in a lot of movies that that play off of uh, of fear um, it's it's a horror movie trope for sure yeah but you get that a lot of tropes that, that final scene where there's the twist. Yeah. Some kind of twist. Something happens. You know, the end of Friday the 13th, you know. Um, Jason comes Jason out of the water. jumps out of the water. Yeah. You know, you get some, He's some, there all along. <laughs> something you weren't expecting. Right. And so I was like, oh, I, I, I want to stay away from that because I don't want all the, the the scares to just be like that. Oh, that twist. Yeah. Um, but in, in Psycho, which I love, I mean, I love Psycho. It's such a great film. There's so many things about it that are just, uh, you can, you can watch it for, you know, the, is it like the birth of the modern day or like, I, it, it I mean, the, uh, especially if you watch the movie, um, Hitchcock, which, um, Oh, with, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. That's as, great. Uh, yeah, it's that's a great good. flick. Mm -hmm. And it really, I mean, it really stays true to the story of, uh, of him, Making yeah, because that movie is like based like the whole movie takes place of him making Psycho, right? Yes, yeah, and so and you know he pushed a lot of envelopes and he financed stuff himself. You know, put his own livelihood on. Um, on yeah, it was line. a huge risk, huge, huge risk. risk, and and it was it was it pushed it pushed a lot of social norms that people you know you weren't just guaranteed flushing like, toilets, the flushing toilets. <laughs> um, but there was, I mean, there were a lot of things uh, about that movie that really pushed the envelope. And the movie itself is just is a really progressively creepy movie. Even when Anthony Perkins is being some kind of normal, yeah. he's still kind of off. Um, and and the the story as it unfolds, it's it's really interesting, and the music is really well done. 
But I think uh, for for that movie, just that that last scene when it fades from the police officers that are talking about him, he's Norman Bates is in custody, and and the one officer's like, "Can I bring him a blanket? He's cold." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, you could do that." And they're talking about like you, you know, the psychiatrist is trying to explain like he has two parts of Norman Bates, and this you have this this overlay of the audio that's going on, and then it kind of fades into Norman's mother mm-hmm. talking. And you just, you watch Anthony uh, Perkins sitting there and just, it ends in him looking back at the camera and just his face contorts into that grin. And it's just such this, I mean, such an off-putting, unsettling image. It's a, it sends a chill up your spine. It, 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 it really is. It's one of those, like, it's, it's just the like, reason why we have this list. Yeah, it sticks yeah. with you. You're like, oh. It's that one little moment. And it is. It's just like one little moment where you just, I mean, he just... And it, it's it reminded me a lot of because uh, I was I was I wanted to try and pick something from Rosemary's Baby, but really that whole movie is just creepy. It's so hard to good. pick a scene. It really is hard. Um, but it, it's it, I would say it's on par with the end of Rosemary's Baby. Where she sees the baby. Where she or sees the baby, yeah. and she's she's at her initial reaction is ah fright and she's, horror. Yeah. She's, she's horrified by all this. But then she kind of accepts but the baby. She's like yeah. you know she. Uh, and <laughs> it's that same kind of unsettling little twist. Like oh you're going to be whoa. the mother of Satan. Now, I guess. Whoa, 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 wait. What? No, no, no. You're not supposed to go along with this. So, yeah, it's just. It's like the bad guys win. Yes. And you're like, <laughs> wait a minute. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This isn't supposed to happen this way. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's one of those, I'm like, in that same kind of way, it's like, it's, um, you know, I, I we've talked about it before on the on, on a podcast before. I'm sure where we've gone through Psycho, so it's not like it yeah. deserves a you know a huge am- amount of discussion. So I want to do this episode. Like the fun thing about doing like a moments is yeah. like we 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 were originally going to do like favorite movies and like a movie yeah. like Psycho may or may not have made the list. Yeah. But then if it didn't, you wouldn't have got to talk about that yeah. scene. Yeah. So that's why I think it's so that's fun. A, to it's do a this great thing. little scene. It's a great, yeah, great finish off to a, a really well made horror movie, yeah. um, thriller. And so, yeah, just that that image of his grin is just <laughs> it's, it does it sends shivers down your spine. It, it's the kind of thing that where if you're, you're you can imagine like people driving home, they're just like, Ugh. you want to yes, go like, like get something to eat? I don't want to go home let's now. Turn all the lights on. <laughs> yeah. I want to call my mom. Oh, never mind. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's a good. That's a good scene. Yes. Oh, and it's right. iconic, just like my chest burst. Yes. Okay, number three. I'm starting top three for me. Um, okay, so one there. There's something about, and there's a there's a there's a theme, I guess, to these final three picks for me. It's it's like body horror. Uh, depict like depictions of unnatural of things happening to the body uh, really has always disturbed me. Uh, it's sort of like the the more the more uh, contemporary version of that I guess would have been like your torture porn type things. Yeah. I don't like it. Like, yeah. I was on board. Like I went I went and saw Hostel and I was just like, okay, I'm, I saw it and I was just like, I don't I don't care I've, for this. I've never watched never watched Hostel the Human too. Centipede and I I think I saw Hostel too as well and I was. just like, I'm done. I'm done with this forever. I think after Hostel Two, I was like, I made the decision. Like, I'm not going to do any more of this. And David Cronenberg was the king of the body horror thing, and he he it was his calling card. Uh, so for my number three moment, it's the final Jeff Goldblum. Jeff oh. Goldblum goes full Brundle fly. <clears throat> it's still really hard to watch. Like the fly yeah. is one of the most uncomfortable movies I've ever watched. It really is. Um, because you know Jeff, you you fully watch him transform from like a, he's kind of an odd looking dude anyway. Yeah. But 
I think he's supposed to be sort of handsome, like a like you know whatever you think of Jeff Goldblum. He's he's just like a normal guy, like a handsome guy, and he's he's changing throughout the movie. And even when he's not changing fully, when he at that point where he kind of gains super strength, I guess from a fly, and he like breaks that dude's arm in the arm yeah. wrestling scene, and like the dude's arm just like cracks. Yeah, that, really disturbing. Like it just goes downhill from there. Like you know, like his fucking. I think like his testicles or some shit comes off at one point, and he's like, he's he's like keeping them in jars, like formaldehyde jars and There's shit. A- like his earballs, his like eyes are falling off. But that scene at the end when he's trying, like he he's all fucked up looking, and but he's still like humanish. Yeah. And Gina Davis is like trying to get away from him, and he's like, you know, he's like he wants to like. I guess put her in the machine because you know he the whole thing of the fly is he's this genius who he's trying to find a way to teleport you know like yeah. he's got these two machines nobody talks about the fly anymore have you noticed like yeah. it's just kind of forgotten it's yeah, it's, it's, it's such a weird crazy movie like the fly from the 40s or 50s, 50s is also yeah. very unsettling has nothing to do like David Cronenberg added this whole sci-fi element yeah. to it where you know, like that, those like weird little pod those pods, things, yeah. yeah. And you know, like he he was just trying to get from one pod to the next pod, and he gets into the pod, and like a fly, like this innocent, like this such a small little thing, a fly gets in there with him, and it like, you know, like their molecules or some shit like mix. DNA gets- and at first he's nothing like you know like whoa, the nothing it just he didn't fucking do it, you know, like it didn't work. But over time he realizes that he's changing into this yeah. fly, and he's like gradually over time transforming into a fly and but it's that final scene when he's just trying to like play with her and he's like begging with her and he's like dragging her and like you know like you the the cameras pan down to his legs and like his fucking like feet crack open and you see yeah, like they're like he doesn't he has like fly feet and she's like fighting with him and struggling and like she she kind of like grabs at his face and like peels his yeah. face so like underneath his like human face and eyeballs and nose, there's like that fly yeah, face. Oh, that Ugh, that, that scene will never leave my brain. That that fly image, and then she like fucking kills him or whatever, like with a shotgun yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot about the scene where like the dude pukes on the other guy yeah. and like melts him or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't look at. I could. I could never look at a fly. Oh, she has that dream where she uh, has the baby. Yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah, she gives birth to like a larva or yeah. something. Oh man, that whole movie is filled with un just ugh, really uncomfortable scenes. But that's that's Cronenberg, his his oh, fucking yeah. magnum his opus. You know, like that was his movie. Yeah, <clears throat> he's known for a lot of other shit, but that's the one. And there was a sequel where he had a son, and the son seemingly seems normal, and he gradually over time becomes like a fly thing too. You know who that was, don't you? Uh-uh. Who was that? Eric Stoltz. Oh, was it? Okay. Eric okay. Stoltz. Well, he got he didn't get back to the future, Good but he got Stoltzy. That. <laughs> Good old Stoltzy. And he got the fly too. But that was infamous for its day, like yes. late eighties or whatever. But yeah, yeah, the when when Goldblum gets oh. like his face peeled off and like he reveals the Brundle fly head. Uh, it's so horrible because, like, you know, like they were they were in love, you know, like Jim yeah. Davis was kind of like, you know, al- going along with this fucked up thing that was happening. Yeah, she's you know? like, all right, I'm kind of on. She board. never really gave up hope until that very until last. Like, scene. Oh nope, you're a fly. You're yeah. a fucking fly now. 
there's a well, fly in it. He has movie. that whole speech where he's like, oh, I was never really a man. I was always a fly. And it's like, oh, what? Yeah. Oh, God. It's so uncomfortable. Ah, but no. Jeff Goldblum, his acting in that movie. I mean, Jeff Goldblum had a career from The Fly. I mean, he was in shit, too. I know before that, like, you know, Bucker Bonsai. Was he in Bucker Bonsai? I think he was. He was one of the band guys. I yeah, think I think so. He always had, like, the career as, like, the weird guy. And, of course, you know. Earth Girls Are Easy. Earth Girls Are Easy. But, of course, you know, Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Jurassic that, Park. that was the movie that got him another Day. 10 to 15 years of, of films. Independence Day, sure. But it was The Fly. Like, Go watch The Fly. Like, if you've never seen The Fly, I mean, first of all, don't eat anything. Yeah, I was going to say, don't eat anything first. Don't, don't eat anything. Don't look at any flies. Uh, but that that's my number three moment. That was a when, good one. When Gina, Gate, when Gina Davis pulls off his face. All right, let's see here. Um, this is, uh, I'm trying to decide this one based on that description, this one may not have made your list, but this is the one that I thought I might step on your toast. Cause I think it was, um, I think it was one of, if not the best, um, scare in the entirety of 2017's it mm-hmm. when the losers club are in the, uh, garage. Oh yeah. And they're watching the slideshow, and they're it all of a sudden goes out of control. Um, and it's, I, I loved, I loved that scene because it plays. You know, something bad is happening, right? But I, I still, I still don't think that anybody really anticipates the the magnitude of what exactly is going to happen in that scene. Like, there's there's a lot of that kind of like ha. Ah, he's just kind of like this cat and mouse thing where he's just kind of toying with all the kids. Like, yeah, he would see them. And he would do something that would frighten them, and it would put it was what I liked. separately though separately yeah. And what I liked about it better than the 1991 was there was a certain amount of peril that you felt like they were in. Like it wasn't like he's totally removed from the scene. He's just ah look, I'm scaring you from over here. As like when he was chasing after um, Eddie as the the uh, the leper, like he was like mm, on yeah. top of him. And right, when, right, right. So it was like there just was, grossing him out. Yeah, there was like a real sense of like of interaction. It wasn't like this, you know, hey, here's some space between us and I'm going to try and freak you out from over here. It's like, no, I'm going to genuinely get in all up in your business. Yeah, everything and, was happening from afar in the yeah. miniseries for the most part. <clears throat> but like he was he was intense in how he was, you know, when he came in the, in the basement after Bill and he comes scurrying yeah. up. And each of those instances were very personal to the kids. I liked how aggressive that scare <laughs> was. And – so you get to this, you get to this scene where they're they're um, trying to plan on how they're going to come after it in the sewers, and they're in the the garage, and he's got the they're going through the um, the slideshow, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of takes over, and then it's all yeah, it's just p- a picture of a picture. woman is the the picture of the whole family, and that you, you see all these pictures of Georgie and they're doing stuff, and then it cuts to that one where the family's standing out front of like a church or something, right? And it all pans over to his mom because right. her hair's blown in the face, hair's blown in the face, and yeah. then it turns into Pennywise. And like, then, but that would have been a creepy, that enough. would have been enough. Yeah. That would have been creepy enough. Like, oh no, he's messing with us. But then all but of they a sudden, kick the projector or whatever. And, and then, then like, there's like kind of oh, chaos happening. And, and then boom, <laughs> there's freaking Pennywise giant in the room with them. Yeah. Huge CGI, scary as all get out. It was good. Giant teeth, mouth like, and just this. This terrifying, like, holy shit, what That's the hell is that? That's a good scene. 
Oh, and it was, a, and they, I mean, they're panicking to, I mean, you think something might actually happen to somebody in that scene yeah. and they get the garage door up just in time and, oh, they, you know, that sigh of relief. And, it, but it was just like, okay, uh, in a movie that really was filled with a good number of real scares, that one, I think really took the cake. I think I really was, appreciate movies that attempt to disarm you by having a scene in broad daylight. Yeah. And then, then like the most fucked up thing happens even in broad daylight. Yeah. That like, always gets me. You're never the like, oh, when it's dark. It's against it's the rules to scare you in the broad daylight. Yeah. It's like, oh, when it's daytime, I should be safe. Yeah. Nothing's going to get me when it's daytime. Right. Nope. Not in this. And it was dark because they had, they were in the garage. They were in the garage. So, you know, that's shut. one of those things where like, if you're a kid and you see that scene, you're never going to feel like being in a garage no. ever again. Like I have a garage in my house. If if my kid were to see that scene, like I'm sure they would never ever nope. ever want to be in like Not alone in, in that garage. garage ever again. And so and, and we have like a projector in our in our finished basement too. And that's like another thing too is like when you're when it's like late at night and you're kind of groggy and half asleep in that projector, like you got that light coming down. It's like you know what I mean? Yep. That kind of illuminated kind of it's something creepy about that. It, to have Pennywise appear out of the screen boom. like that. And he's like half out of the screen. <sighs> oh, so was so good. All. That was that was that was the best scare I think. In it's the whole not time. on my list. It deserves to be on the that, list. That I was that was the one I was like, ooh, it, <clears throat> it it is really. I mean, we, I know we both appreciate it, but I always yeah. I give you it because I think it's a, a little bit more. It feels like it's more yours than mine. I love it, um, yeah, because like I'm familiar with the book, and of course, you know, I was love. I, I really really liked the miniseries. Was like a you know baby's first scary movie kind yep. of thing, you know. So like that that's buried in my psyche. I have appreciation for that as you to you. You've got a story too, with like your sister or whatever. She will forever blame, blame you for that. <laughs> and I, I didn't have it turned on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll never get away from that. It'll always be mine. Uh, but the, it, the, the, the first it, like the, the, I like the ones with the adults, but with kids, man, anytime you 20, involve kids, I think 2017 is going to end up. That'll be the, the high part in that whole franchise. I think so too. <clears throat> All right. Moving on. Final two. Final two. So in my next movie, you this is when we did an episode of with with White Machete. In fact, with uh, Nick and White Machete and I, and uh, you know we we were talking about our our favorite scary movies. So I'd already kind of had this discussion. So th- this is not a surprise to anybody who watched the Big Geek episode from a couple years ago. But um, I, I got the alien probing scene from the movie uh, Fire in the Sky with DB Sweeney. Uh, I remember you talking about that. I think that's the scariest movie I've ever seen. And it's, it's bizarre. It, it, again, based on a true story, which is always kind of freaky. And in, in those, like in the early to mid nineties, there were a lot of programming on television where their bread and butter was like alien abduction type shit. Aliens uh, were big in the nineties. Well, yeah, you had the X files, like aliens are big cause for entertainment, but I mean, also like shows like unsolved mysteries and alien you know, autopsy, alien, whatever you name it. Like aliens were aliens big. Were big. Um, and this was like right in the sweet spot of that. And, uh, the whole story of, uh, Travis, uh, I forget his name now, but it was, they were, it, they were like lumberjacks and, uh, somewhere in the Northeast Pacific. And, uh, yeah, it was supposedly uh guy goes missing. And, uh, the first, for the majority of the movie, it plays out like, we're not sure if his friends, like the, 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 the authorities are trying to, they're not sure they didn't kill him. Yeah. Like they're, they're kind of interviewing them individually, like trying to get their stories about what happened. Like you, you see the abduction, you get to see it firsthand. You know, they're out in the fucking woods. They're all in the truck. 
uh, <clears throat> the, the, the car stalls and uh, D.B. Sweeney's character, he, he's curious. He, he gets out of the truck <clears throat> and he's like looking around up in the sky and all the other guys are like, get back to the truck, get back to the truck. And the light catches him and his body goes limp and shit limp and shit and then like he goes up in the sky and he disappears and they're freaked out they're like what the fuck what happened to him so you know like you you kind of panic they 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 tear off they they drive for a minute half the truck is like get the fuck out of here the other half is like go back we gotta find him so they they eventually after a few miles go back and look for him he's nowhere to be found so most of the movie is just uh like, you know, like what would really happen in this scenario? Like, cops are trying to, like, he's disappeared. You guys don't have an alibi. You were yeah. all together. Like, what, you know, like, you you tell us why he's not here. You yeah. you were with him. You know, like, you you don't have an alibi. We, we, we expect foul play. <clears throat> and then right at the damn end of the movie, he just, like, appears. Shows back up. He shows back up. Um, and he has no memory of what's happened to him. And he's, like, naked and shit. And uh, so, you know, so the, the, the his friends are off the hook. They have this party because they're excited to have him back. And he, like, something, he, he gets freaked out, and he ducks under a table, and, like, some, like, honey or some shit falls over. Something, something sticky and kind of, like, syrupy, like, starts dripping down. And for some reason, like, that vision of the syrup triggers his flashback and like the last 15 20 minutes of the movie is the entirety of his abduction and it is like some of the freakiest shit you've it's ever jarring. seen it is so scary and uh th- that's just my number two in general is like it you you see it all like you know he wakes up in the the pouch not really sure what it's like just after the abduction like he's been kind of put to sleep he's in the cocoon or whatever he gets himself out he's freaking out because he's in zero gravity and he's like clawing and shit and there's like other human specimen and they're out and he's like what the fuck's happening and you know he he encounters like another alien outside of his suit and he's like flailing around he kicks the fucking alien in his face and the alien looks back and he gives him this look like you son of a bitch what the hell (laughs) it's one of the scariest damn things I've ever seen is when the alien looks back at him and he's got the little beady lifeless eyes but he's also got this like balled up like he's got this tensed up mouth so like TV Sweeney's like oh man I screwed up so he's like fleeing fleeing and then like they catch up with him and they get him and they're dragging him down the hallway and there's like bones and shit and like toys and weirds like like oh my god they've gotten like so many different people and they're abducting them and doing these experiments and they just like throw him up on the table and they're like they they cover him with like that like uh, membrane shit yeah. like and then they you know they cut the sack and they're like filling his mouth with shit and he can't scream but he can still see and like the thing comes down to his eye and it's it it pulls back no punches yeah it is so visceral and scary yeah and uh, I. It, it ordinarily would be a number one, but I thought of another movie that like I'd forgotten about. I was like, I want to let this be my number one because Fire in the Sky is usually always my number one. But in this particular case, I'm letting it be number two. But if you just ever want to be scared shitless. I, I watched that movie because of your recommendation in that episode. Oh, my God. Because I was sitting there, I was like, did I watch this? I feel like I watched this. I can't see. I, I can't went, believe I you would up. even not even know oh. if you'd seen that. I, I went and I was like, oh. oh. Um, 
And I went, I, I just I just checked. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the one that I watched because uh, Robert Patrick. It's kind of boring for a lot of the movie. <clears throat> well, because. Uh, I mean, it's interesting, but it's like. There's you know. a, 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 lot, a lot of that until you get to the intensity of the the alien abduction part. You're mostly dealing with this, you know, everyone in town. Because it's a small town. Yeah. Everybody like. You it's know, just a logging <clears throat> town. Everyone's a, like a and, logger. And they're, you know, kind of all of these people, you know. They all know each other. And they're like, hey, what really happened here? And right, right, Tensions right. keep rising. And, you know, uh, Robert Patrick's character, he's starting to lose it because he's like. This oh, that's right. Robert Patrick's crazy yeah. shit happened. And, and you know, I, they're trying to ruin They never business. stray from the story. They're like, we <gasps> saw yeah. we saw this happen. We saw what happened. But nobody, your brain just can't believe that. Nobody will believe them. Yeah. And so they're getting in trouble from the, the law. And uh, the FBI shows up too, don't they? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, there's all these people. It's like a high-profile case. Yeah, you know? so it's like it's a very weird. Like there, there's a lot of the the drama and the the um, the tension gets built in that, and then he shows back up. And you're like, what oh, the hell! And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, well, everything's fine. I now. think he like shows like, up no, in a phone booth and he calls somebody or some shit. We are far from fine. No, right, right. <clears throat> the nightmare is just starting. Kids. Oh my gosh! Because yeah. the whole it's like it's like. Okay, we got a great idea for like something that's gonna scare the pants off of you, but we can't like we just got like fifteen to twenty minutes of an idea. Like we gotta we gotta kind of make this movie around it, but it's so effective, yeah. you know. Like it lulls you almost into this like kind of like oh well I'm in I'm in for this kind of movie. Yeah, it's kind of like uh you know what really happened kind of thing. Like this is the kind of stuff that you could watch on a made for TV type movie and it's it's alien so it's scary and like the abduction scene's freaky too because it's really well done you know like the light catches him and he goes stiff yeah and you know like because like I don't know how they did that scene but it looked cool but then like I swear to god there's like an hour of shit happens yeah, in between just other stuff you're like hey it's the police are here <laughs> yeah. and all, all everybody all of these relationships we swear are we're telling intense. the truth you can all you can question us all you <clears> want so uh, I, I I recommend it because like it really is truly like us. It's a good flick. It's a good mind screw. I watched it based on that recommendation, and I was not let down. Yeah, thank you. It's disturbing. Ugh. All right, number two for you. All right, my number. two. I didn't have to watch that again. I, I just knew that was uh, it's forever <laughs> that in my stuck brain. With you, I never have to watch that movie again. <clears throat> my number two. Uh, it's a uh, number. My number two and number one are are kind of connected. Okay. Um. Which is why I decided to go with it for my with that number three, um, but number two I'm gonna go. This one's a little bit more. It's it's in the vein of a jump scare, but I think it's um, probably one jump of the, scares done right <clears throat> are great. This is one of the better jump scares, um, and it's from Insidious. Um, so I'm sure you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, um, uh, Insidious James Wan. This is after um, after he's done Saw. Um, I can't remember if it's before or after he's done The Conjuring. I, th- I want to say it's before. I think it was before, yeah. It was before The Conjuring because I remember his intent was I want to make a, a, a scary, a genuinely scary PG-13 movie. Yeah. I want to avoid all of those things that people push the bounds on to make it R so that they can do whatever they want. Right. I want to make a genuinely scary PG-13 movie. Mission accomplished. And he did. Like, out of the four of them, I mean, the third one, I think, is the weakest, but all four four movies was... Well, we learned the most profitable. No, no, that was the fourth one I said that was the most profitable. Yeah. So, I mean, they're... And they're... I mean, they're solid flicks. I mean, they're... They are. um, It it was really where we got to know Patrick Wilson in the James Wan-iverse. Right. um, Pre uh, Ed Warren. 
Yep. And yeah. uh, Rose Byrne was his wife. Yep. Um, and I forget the kid's name, but the older kid who had the same kind of uh, power as Patrick Wilson, that's actually uh, the- Yeah, because you, you, you would kind of like drift in yeah, your dreams. Into you, would, the, you, could, you could leave your body. <clears throat> yeah, this astral projection where you could go yeah. to the- Oh, I love other, that stuff. It was it was very it was very unique, very interesting because it was I mean there was like a haunting aspect of it, yeah. But it wasn't just like hey, there's a ghost. It was like there was right. there was more layers to it. And it's unsettling to think about, but yeah, at that point, yet yeah, it was yeah. like okay, this is this is a little different than what we've what we've seen. And so uh, the kid, which uh, coincidentally he's the kid at the end of uh, Avengers oh, Endgame. I, yeah, yeah, he was an Iron. Was he the Iron? He Man was the kid, kid from Iron Man Three. Yeah. Um, he's great, a great actor. He was in Jurassic World. He was World. great. Yeah, he was uh, really he, nice. Yeah. Um, good kid. But uh, he was really good things. From he was future. really competent in, in this. And and uh, but you you get to um, the the kid goes to this beyond place mm-hmm. and he doesn't come back. He gets lost. He gets lost there. And well, he gets taken. He's yeah, he's taken yeah. and he's held captive. But they don't realize this. Right. Patrick Wilson's character doesn't realize that he has his ability to because he's been kind of pushed. He down. suppressed it. He yeah. suppressed it. And uh, <clears throat> so, um, but creepy things are happening. Um, it's the it's the woman, the old woman that's a recurring character. Yeah, in she's maybe um, she kind of unlocks that again. She's the, yeah, she knew him from when he was a kid. Barbara Hershey plays Patrick Wilson's mom. Mm. And uh, the scene, the scene in which that uh, um, is the first time you see, and I wish they had a better name for it, but it's the Lipstick Demon. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, it's name. a pretty it's bad a name. Stupid name for it, but I'm yeah. like, whatever. Um, I'm sure there's a story behind it. I should probably look into it. But it, Barbara Hershey, like, they're just they're sitting at the at the table. He's Patrick Wilson sitting at the breakfast table, and they're just having a conversation. Yeah, there's, uh, it's totally unassuming. And right. Barbara Hershey looks over at him, and you just see <sighs> this red. Yeah. terrifying yes. face just poked out from behind yes. Patrick Wilson's head. Yes. And he's like, oh, what the fuck was that? You were not prepared for that. Oh, no. Like, there is no reason for you to be prepared no. for that. And it is it is a total jump scare, but yeah. it is not gratuitous. It was You were not expecting it in the least. It wasn't just like, ah, but it was one of those like, it stays with you. Yeah. And that image, yeah. it, I mean, like there's, it's, uh, I think it's the same guy that plays the demon in, uh, and the, in the Annabelle movies that, oh, okay. I, think it's the, I think it's the same actor. Uh, I can oh, see that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. There's a very similar motif where they do with the, the, the contacts and kind yeah. Of in Annabelle when like face. the puppet or whatever, yeah. like you see like, yeah, like, so um, but, he, he's controlling it. Right. But it, it was, it was a very compelling villain too. Cause you also had that, that creepy old lady who reminded me of Mary Shaw from, uh, dead silence. Um, very similar uh, makeup there. <laughs> it reminded me. It's like the e- most evil incarnate version of uh, like. Have you ever seen that movie Little Monsters with um, Fred, Savage. Fred Savage and yes. Howie Mandel? Yes. Like there's like there's this uh, kind of oh, like overall like overlord bad yes. guy or whatever he he's in charge. Like if he if he he can he can take you and keep you down there yep. forever. It was like the like the scariest possible version yes. of that character. And I always loved that movie as a kid, so like it resonated with me like oh, hardcore. Yeah. When when you see what who's behind it all down in this like dreamlike state or whatever, yeah, it was and it was. I mean, like the the Insidious goes flawlessly into Insidious too. The storyline it really plays out well. I mean, yeah. you get flash two good movies in a row. The first yeah. two were really good. The third one I thought I felt like it really kind of faltered a little bit, and the fourth one I felt like was a good backstory for uh, I forget the 
paranormal investigator's name, but it was. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a lot. Of, <clears throat> it was like a lot of their story, wasn't it? Because the first venture that you had with James Wan was Saw. Right. So James Wan and Lee Wanell. I think did people Saw. forget that almost. Yeah. It's strange. But that that was what kind of got him on the scene. That's what put him on the map. And it was nice because one of the two guys that works with what's her face in Insidious is the paranormal activities was Lee Wanell. So it was nice that they really maintained quite a relationship over the years yeah. <clears throat> working together. And so, yeah, if, if you'd never seen Insidious, um, it's a, it's a great, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know why there needs to be some distinction between R rated horror movies and PG 13 horror movies. The first two poltergeists, um, I don't know if the third Poltergeist was rated R or not, but the first two were PG thirteen, and they were perfectly. I mean, those were. I mean, yeah, if you, it, it's all about messing with your brain, yeah. and sometimes just subverting what you think is safe, yeah. and kind of working like against your, working against you in that way. Yeah, you know, like I, you really can do a good PG thirteen scary oh, yeah. movie, and it, he proved you could. He, he totally did. So that's that's my number two, Insidious. Let's go lipstick demon. I like, I think it was the second one where um, I think, um, is it Luke Wilson? He, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Thank you. He's like going, like, never again, never again. Like he's just sort of mumbling something. Yep. And then, but then like it cuts to like what he was seeing and it was like this ghastly old <clears throat> guy. Yeah. R- repeating. Like oh. that, that scene stuck with me a lot too. Yes. Okay. Number one for me. So I, forgotten about this movie and uh, I, I was watching an episode of uh cinemassacre where you know like right around this time of year they always do james rolfe who's the video game nerd he he has like his whole like brand of cinemassacre and they they review horror movies and uh sometimes like they talk about horror movies that like are kind of like your b c d tier movies and they they started talking about this movie i was like i totally forgot how scary it was and how it affected me and, and and then it really appreci- I really appreciate it when they got to the point where like the part of the movie that scared me the most was the part that affected me and my brain the most. And it was a movie from 1990 called Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Oh, yes. Which, which was uh, an anthology, anthology movie based on this sh- TV show. Around this time, there anthology shows were huge. Right they were there. big. You had like Tales from the Crypt. You had the Tales from the Dark Side. There's like Erie, Indiana. There was... Uh, Fam- there was like amazing stories. Uh, they were all over TV, but then you also had movies like Creep Show. Yep. You had the Twilight Zone movie. So like the early '80s and mid '80s, even into the '90s, the anthology scary movies were big. And Tales from the Dark Side, I think, is a really forgotten movie that was also really well. And what I learned from watching the episode of Cinemassacre was it was intended to be the third Creep Show movie. Yep. But for whatever reason, like shit, you know, like just didn't work out. And they made an actual Creep Show three, but it was, you know, meh. Yeah. So, you know, the, so you've seen it then, right? Yes. Tales from the Dark Side. I so, actually watched it within the last year or two. Oh God, it's so good. All three movies are great. I like the first one that had like Steve Buscemi and Christian Slater, and it's about a mummy. And then there's a second one. It's about this like demonic cat or whatever. But it's the third one that really, really, really stuck with me. And it's about this cartoonist art artist guy who in a dark alley one night witnesses this dragon, like demon thing. Yeah, like a gargoyle. Gargoyle, kind of, yeah. yeah. Dark, like just really scary. And it, it like murders this these, this guy or multiple guys. And he sees it happen. And the gargoyle like 
turns to him and you know, he's like freaking out and he's like the and it speaks and it's like if you kind of gives him an ultimatum. Like, yeah. It's like I'll spare your life if you never ever tell anyone what you saw today. Obviously the guy thought he was dead meat at the moment, so he just agrees to it. And the gargoyle flies away. Later that night, he has a run-in, a seemingly like encounter, like, you know, just chance run-in with this really beautiful girl. And um they kind of have they they start this relationship and you know it's this beautiful love story and you know like they 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 really fall in love in some time spans they have kids he his luck seemingly changes throughout like at the beginning of the of the of the part of the story like he's sort of a loser yeah you know he he has like art shows it's not working out and uh, his luck seems to start changing he becomes really successful <clears throat> yep he, you know, just out of, you know, like, and you know, like, okay, cool. Like you, you meet this beautiful girl, the girl of your dreams, you're successful in your career. You have these two kids. And so the time just like spans and it, he, he, all the while, like he's being eaten alive with this, by this, this secret that he's been holding about this incredible thing that he witnessed, you know, like he, he saw a gargoyle come to life and kill a person. And then it spoke to him. And then it went away, and he's not supposed to tell anybody. It's like the secret is key. he's just eating him alive. So what he does is he he like sculpt. He's like, you know, he doesn't tell her, and he he just like he he has to get it out. Like so, he sculpts like a thing like of it, and the his wife at this point, mother of his kids, like finds it, and he doesn't spill the beans immediately, but she, you know. You know, like it, it, it turns out like she's the gargoyle. So she's kind of like backing away from him. And he's like, I got to tell you, I got to tell you this amazing thing happened to me like years ago, like on the night we met, you know, like I, I witnessed this gargoyle come down. He like murdered and like ripped apart, ripped him to shreds. And she has this like really awful reaction to it. She starts screaming and she's like, and he's like, no, 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 it's okay. You know, like, I guess like he thinks that, she, you know, she thinks he's crazy. Uh, he's like, oh, I found this guy and I'm having this dream life with him. And now he's he's actually a nut. But she's upset because he told the secret. And I'll never forget it. Like, she goes through this, like, grotesque transformation. transformation. Like, her, like, skin is, like, ripping at the seams and, like, the demon, the gargoyles like coming out of her. It's like, it's the body horror thing. Yeah, again. It like really always disturbs. It's a me. really disturbing transformation. It's a really gruesome transformation. And she turns into, and he's like watching it happen. Like the love of his life is like something horrible is happening to her. But then at the end he realizes, Oh shit, it's the gargoyle. <laughs> and oh. she's, and it's like, you promised you would never tell. And, the scene that sticks with me forever and ever and ever is like, that's horrible. Like what I watched was just awful vomit inducing scene. He looks over and like, he's just can't believe what's happening. He sees his two kids. They transformed into gargoyles too. Now that happens off scene off camera, but they have this like confused look like what's happening to me. They're just like these two little kids. They turned into gargoyles. And, uh, you know, she, she comes up to him and like, he's like, I'm sorry. Like he realizes he fucked up, 
you know, like, I, I love you. Like, this is, you know, like, please, like, he's just like, forgive me, please. And the, the gargoyle is like, you know, like, I love you too. And then just fucking like tears his like, yeah, just rips him to shreds. And then so that's it's disturbing. So disturbing. It's so disturbing. And then like, you know, like she grabs the two kids. The kids are still disoriented. I'm sure like, what the fuck? I'm a gargoyle. And, and they fly up to the top of the building and then they become stone. Like, oh God. Yep. It's a super weird story. I rem- it's super weird. It's really well acted. Um, and it, I'll never forget it. Yeah. Like, it's not like I ever forgot it, but it's watching that YouTube video where they were just talking about it triggered like that memory when I first saw it back in like 1991 or whenever it was when I saw it, you know, I, I was pretty young and, uh, you know, you're just not prepared to see that kind of thing. Oh. I didn't, I, I'd seen the fly, yeah, but so this is like hot off like those Cronenberg time, like the, the, the whole, it's just the grotesqueness of the transformation. And then the realization of the kids be also, off camera having their skin like ripped yeah. and like wings coming out of their fucking arms and shit. Like as a little kid, you know, like, and it even as like a parent now, like it's doubly horrific. Cause like, you're like, you can imagine something like that happening to your, well, your loved ones. I, I, just, I remember sitting there thinking like, you know, one of the thoughts that had to be going through his head as he's realizing what's going on is like, wait a minute. I had sex with that. <laughs> I fucked a gargoyle, yo. More than <laughs> once. It was enough. Like, I know that the gargoyle looked like a pretty lady. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. you have to come and to she, terms with it. What like, is her name? She was in a lot of, like, 80s shit. Like, Radong or something like oh, that. Oh, Radon Chong? Radon Chong, yeah. Isn't that her? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yep, I think you're right. She's really exotic and beautiful. I'm like, I haven't seen her in anything in a long, long yeah. time. But uh, she was in a lot of 80s shit. So. She was in Commando. You're right. Yeah, yeah. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <sighs> But man, that movie! God damn that scene! That was because well, <laughs> they they like to finish. Because I remember that that uh, the final one from Creepshow with the monster under the stairs at the at the uh, university that he feeds his wife to, and they chain it up and they throw it. Like it was that final story was always yeah. like this is the piece de resistance. Yeah, yeah. This is the story. We right, right, right. With something like although the raft scene is the one that got me the most. I almost put the raft scene. Was that from Creepshow that one was or Creepshow two? Creepshow two. Okay. That, that was like a the, that, the muck that that would yeah. That, yeah oh yeah that that was a good one too but it, I almost put it on my list um, yeah that that's the one I mean it and I like I like putting it as my number one because I bet I bet some people have seen it and they're going oh shit that scene thanks for reminding me asshole to people there are a lot of people I bet who have just never seen it yeah and uh, it it's really it's, a, it's, it's a, really really good. It's an entertaining movie. Yeah, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of stars from when they were names. younger. Yeah. You know, it's cool to like watch a movie from way back in the day when they're like actors who are really well established and been in tons of things. Uh so, you know, it's good for that factor too. And I even like the the rapper story about the ki- the Hansel and Gretel kind of thing yeah. where like the kids go to the witch and like the kids trying to talk himself out like the you know like she's she's captured the little boy and she's trying yep. she's still like clearly going to eat him yep and he's trying to like fast talk his way out of that situation I I like that story too uh, it was I mean it was I was I think creep show is still a little bit better as a full body of work yeah but tales from the dark side I would say I mean like if, if it's got a I mean it, it comes in second place like Pom, pom. Yeah. You know, I mean, far and away better than Creepshow 2 
and a lot of the other one. I mean, it's just it's a matter of which the raft was good, man. Don't <clears throat> don't you know like the raft maybe just wasn't. It's the whole movie wasn't great, but the raft was good. Yeah, the uh, that Indian the cigar store Indian. But it wasn't too also the Stephen King one where he was uh, the meteor. That was the first one. Oh, was that the first one? That's okay, okay. One. Well, I feel like but the the best one though was like the Nazi one, like where the guy you know like he's he's in like Germany. That's uh, in Twilight Zone. That was, that was a Twilight Zone. Shit, see, I'm getting them all like, confused. Well, and, but that was... that was They a, were so popular back That then. was a good formula, and that was why those worked. Because the last one from uh, uh, the Twilight Zone was uh, Terror at 50,000 Feet. Oh, that's so good. John Lithgow. So good. There's someone on the wing, some <laughs> thing. <laughs> I've never seen the actual television version of that. I can't imagine it's anywhere nearly as good as the John Lithgow version. No, I mean cuz it's it's, you know, I think it was 60s when they did it and so it was black and yeah. white and it yeah, was yeah. it was all just the drama of it. But I mean those Twilight Zone episodes hold up pretty oh, well. Oh, they do. They, they they definitely do. They they still mess with your head. The effects aren't great, but they still mess with your head. I like that part of them. Okay, well, that was my number one. I can't wait to hear what your number one All is. All right, so my number one, um, I'm sticking with the Wannaverse. Okay. Because um, I think I think it's my favorite uh, of this movie. current generation. He can't be touched. I, I think I think it's it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. But I would definitely say it's the best horror movie probably of the last 10, 15 years. Okay, is The Conjuring two? Okay. Um, I like The Conjuring, but I like The Conjuring two. Just a little bit more. I felt like it was a more cohesive story. I felt like they, he had he'd grown um, enough to make it because um, I liked that they were using kind of the off. Uh, they were doing some of the same stuff that they were doing in Annabelle Creation where they're like, all right, we're going to use different space within our shot. Right. Um, it wasn't it wasn't heavy on jump scares, but they were peppered in just enough. Um, I liked that they I mean they had the uh, uh, the the tall man. Um, that was an actual actor. Yeah, the French that. guy. Yeah, and I was like, okay, <clears throat> I like that that's not an effect. I cannot, I, I couldn't believe, I mean, I believe it now, but I couldn't believe that was a real guy. Yeah, because they did, I think. It looks so much like an effect. I think they used him in, in Annabelle Creation too. Yeah, um, he was also in It. Yeah, he uh, he's he's just, he's perfect for those kinds of roles. But my favorite my favorite part of the entirety, and this is the one where I, where I, I felt like I was kind of cheating a little bit because it wasn't really just one scene. It was two Two, oh, it's okay. Sometimes it's got to lead up to something. Yeah. But it, it was, and it's funny because they made a whole movie out of Valak the Nun. But I felt like at the beginning of The Conjuring Two, when they're doing, and I loved that it started out in Amityville. They're doing, yeah, 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 because that's kind of where they kind of landed on the scene. The whole opening scene of The Conjuring Two starts at in at the house in Amityville, New York, right. and that's where the murders. Um, that's yeah. where Lorraine meets Valak the Nun. And they have this really, you know, it's a really intense um, first interaction. And there's there's some jump scare in it. And there's, I mean, it, it just, the the visage of that nun is just really intimidating. And no, Wait, um, is this the scene where, like, it's following her around the edge of the room? Or is that uh, the that's, second scene? That's the second scene okay, at, okay, at okay. their actual house. Yeah. Because um, she's, that's that's the, and what was what's cool is, too, is if you're paying attention, I think it's on the bookshelf in the room where she's at with her daughter, you can actually see the letters V-A-L-A-K spelled out. Mm. Um, so there's there's a couple of, of, of a, uh, allusions, a couple of Easter eggs that they have. But, uh, a little foreshadowing. Yeah. So Patrick Wilson, he paints that picture oh, because yeah. he didn't see it. He just paints that picture of the nun and it's up and it's in that room and the lights flicker 
Yeah. And it's that, oh, is it the painting? Is it really her? It's following them around the house. Yeah. That was that to me. because really well done. I was really excited that they were making the nun into a whole movie because I'm like, okay, this is one of the scariest parts of this whole movie. That they I really, didn't, really, all they had was that scene. And that was, and, and, and I think that's where it's like, I think, because uh, the, the nun is still better than a lot of other horror movies that I've seen. Sure. It is very, it's very much one of the weaker It has movies. a good pedigree yeah. helping it out. If it if it wasn't if it wasn't done by the same people that had done so many of those other successful movies, it would just be another. Who cares? Piece of crap. Because I think I think the thing is whatever idea that they came up with for the backstory, I don't think worked as well. Because even because there's an allusion to the nun in um, Annabelle Creation as well. The one nun has the pictures like, oh, this is when I was at this, um, and uh, at this you know convent if you the, haven't seen what we're talking about just google the nun like the image of the 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 imagery of the nun is frightening yeah i mean it is it is doesn't have to do much to scare no you. it it's it sticks with you and it was and i, I liked um i know the conjuring 2 has been out for a couple of years but yeah. I, I really like the way that everything comes together in the end that um it wasn't necessarily that it was the same entity that was uh, plaguing these people in mm-hmm. England, but sh- this this nun Valak, this demon, comes back into the mix, and there's a lot of foreshadowing throughout. And it has it has probably one of the better endings in a horror movie I think that I've seen in a long time, because it it doesn't have necessarily just it's I mean it's a positive ending. I wouldn't necessarily totally call it a happy ending. But I, I liked that there was uh, there was some resolution in a in a meaningful way. So um, that uh, when I was going back through, it was like okay, um, there's jump scares. There's I mean just terrifying imagery. There's I mean just an ominous quality to I mean the the entire way they play that character, and it's just so well executed in The Conjuring too that I I was like okay this one if I had to pick a number one that one would definitely be the one that sticks with me. It's funny over time. I'm I'm kind of coming across over to your side. Like I I always considered the first Conjuring a better movie, but it's like the Conjuring Two is sort of like the Avengers Endgame. Like it's like they they took all the things, all the little things they were working up, like all the little tools in their tool belt that they had been sharpening and honing and like getting just right. Like they put everything to use. Yep perfectly in in the Conjuring Two. And the Conjuring Two is like one of the better Warren scary yep. true life stories like you know the if if you ever just like go listen to the tapes or whatever of the of the uh, old Pete the old guys who are haunting the family yeah it's so like i've heard like that's a more famous story i yeah. think than the one from the first conjuring yeah. like no i don't know too many people have ever really been heard of that story so that yeah there's the story from the conjuring 2 and i heard there's going to be a conjuring 3 and i yep. think they're going to do like the other really big like War, story yeah. of the Warrens, which is also really scary. I, at least I think that's the rumor. And I that's know that what I've heard too. I hope they do. Cause like, I, I can't wait to see how they handle that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, so the conjuring too, I'm kind of like crossing over with you. Like, I feel like just the way, you know, like we talked in the past about the, you know, the scene where the kid, you know, like they drink the glass of water and, and the back is blurred, but the, the kid who drinks the water and like, so like, you know, like the, it, it it shouldn't have happened. It was just really bizarre. Like you know, you drink the water. Like then you hear the voice of the the, the entity that's haunting them, and it kind of also not only do you hear the voice, but like its shape kind of changes yeah. as well. Ugh, it's yeah, because so it's it's just out of focus enough, and it's just off um, off camera enough to where 
like it's the girl, but she mm-hmm. changes into the old man. Yeah, changes into This is it, my man. house. And, right. And, and even the misdirection of thinking, oh, that's the entity that. Right. It's like, no, 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 that's, that entity is afraid of the entity that's yeah. trying to come after these guys. Like, oh, shit, there's like ghosts on ghosts on ghosts here. Like, what the hell are we supposed to yeah. do? And, but, but that's the additional story, like, they added on to these wand yeah. movies. Like, that that was never a component to no. the real life haunt of that. Uh, but they, they do such a good job in those movies. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. So that's I like where, that. That's where I rounded it out. Woo! You guys freaked out yeah. after listening to all these scary, scary. moments. I know I am. I, I, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to drive home in the dark like you do. Oh, yes. And you're talking about going and watching that one movie that I was Mulholland saying. Drive, yeah. yeah. I think I might have to fire that one up when I get home. Not a horror movie, but deeply unnerving. And that scene, even like I say, even though I know you're, you know it's coming, you know it's coming. Even, even if I wasn't going to tell you that that's something that was coming, you know, even if you've never watched it before, like something's going to happen. Ugh, I wasn't expecting that. I like deeply unnerving. Yeah. All right, man. That that was our that was our rank in the top ten disturbing moments, most disturbing moments in movies. I like it. Okay, so we got the final segment to wrap up yes. to go into our to a next episode, and uh, so it's a who played it better. Yes. One of our favorite segments. I, I know it's it. one of your favorites. I enjoy it. Uh, so you, won't you tell me what mine's going to be since I went first <sighs> in the last one? I. Uh, what am I recasting? I was I was um, I was kind of I was fighting through. I was trying to figure out. Not kids, please don't have kids. The, there's <laughs> there's a, there's a twist on it. Okay. Um, because what what I landed on was um the Goonies. Oh no! But no, here's wait the twist the twist here's the twist to it here's the twist. Okay. And this is gonna make it better for you. Okay. 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 There's been so much talk in the last, I don't know how, probably 10, 15 years, if not longer, of a Goonies sequel. Yeah. What I want you to, what in recasting this, I want you to recast, recast. Okay. Goonies 2. Okay. So you get everybody as an adult. So you're recasting. Oh, so you're not okay. Kids. So you want me to cast Goonies yeah, 2. Yes, so you get to cast Because I don't think it's going to happen, but you're like, yes. go ahead and cast the cast, adult versions. Yes. Oh, okay. So cast. Oh, this is so. Yeah, this is a twist yes. on the whole. Who played it better? This is a movie that doesn't actually come out. Doesn't exist. Okay, but Adam, Adam, you, 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 you rascal, you, you had me worried. I was like, yeah, like, oh Jesus Christ, my search history once again. <laughs> Thirty hottest kid, young chill actors in Hollywood. <laughs> okay, so some casting Ch- Goonies, chubby too. kids. <laughs> I'm looking for <laughs> you, bastard. Chubby celebrity kids. Let's please never do that to each other. <laughs> That's fun, man. Uh, That'll be fun. All yes. right. So yeah, I get to cast adult chunk, an adult yes. mouth, an adult uh, uh, Mikey. Know, Mikey. And Data. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. Cool. That'll be fun. Okay. So right. th- so this will be our final Halloween themed, uh, you know, podcast, at least till next year. Presumably, huh? we could always talk about some scary stuff in the future. We watch a lot that, of horror movies. We do, we do. So, but but I'm going to go ahead and as as a, as a as a bookend of this month, I'm going to go ahead and have you recast 1990s The Shining. Okay. So yeah, not not a lot of people you got to recast. You, you got to recast, of course, Jack. <clears throat> uh, you got to recast uh, his wife. Um, why can't I draw the blank on Shelley Duvall? Shelley Duvall. Yep. Uh, Danny. Dan and uh, and then also the the what's his name Scatman uh, Scatman Carruthers yeah you gotta you gotta recast him and then anyone else you feel like because I know like you tend to the bartender dig a little deep yeah the bartender, the bartender. yeah 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 
Wasn't it great how in that movie with uh, the recent movie with Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt? Passengers. Where, passengers, yeah. You've seen it, right? Yes. The bartender in that was just like such an homage it to the bartender very in The much, Shining. Yeah. He it looked just a lot like it. Yeah. Had to be intended to Michael be Michael Sheen. Like, Michael Sheen? Michael Sheen. God. Amazing. You got that white machete? <laughs> this is the guy. This is why he can never he can never be replaced. <laughs> just know too many things. <laughs> he knows too much shit. He all he never leaves me hanging. You drink and I know things. Oh, oh what's that reference to? Look what we did there. Boom. Alright. Well that's yeah, that was, uh, that's we been our episode. A t-shirt. Hey, we, we gave you guys another almost three hours worth of entertainment. Heck yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Yeah.